Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. My name is Ron Pashery, columnist for TJRWrestling.net. Here once again with my good friends, the returning Ek2Fly, Eric Trembicki. Welcome back. What's going on? And hailing from Brie, Belgium, Mr. Wednesday Night Live himself, Alo, Aaron Lloyd. How's it going? Excellent. <laughs> I, 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 I'm ready to do some podcast things. Are you? <laughs> like Kalisto? <Yeah. laughs> do a podcast thing. <laughs> the, our, our resident European champion on hand. Uh, just want to make mention our most recent throwback madness is available. It was SummerSlam 98 Highway to Hell. We want to give another shout out to our throwback madness winner. Choosing our September throwback madness, Tyrell Miles. With which was it, Alo? Unforgiven, two thousand two. That was not the the one that was not on your list, right? It was yeah, what? Unforgiven that was ninety eight. Breakdown ninety eight. Breakdown ninety eight. Unforgiven ninety nine is just as bad. All right, so the two that you did not want, well, you, they weren't going to have a chance anyway. They were picked. Though. Let's face it, they were they, they picked, were picked, but they did not have a chance. Um, so go home SmackDown, go home Raw before SummerSlam. How did you guys feel about the last two episodes, the last episode of each show before the biggest event of the summer? Well, this would be an ongoing theme with me throughout the throughout the show. They dropped the ball. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Eck, last two shows, the two go home shows before SummerSlam. Pleased or not? Overall, not pleased. Um, and I'm not trying to sound like probably the average mark right now, but I definitely thought the two hour SmackDown show had the edge, not a strong edge, but it had a edge overall this week. Edge. <laughs> that would have made Raw better if Edge was there. Mm-hmm. I think Christian could even say the Raw at this point. Yeah, I would, this is about the least happy I've been with WWE TV programming in a while. Well, I would say definitely since the brand extension this was. Well, this their, is the worst their... week of the four so far. Mm-hmm. Raw, I honestly was sleepwalking through the entire thing. <laughs> SmackDown, the opening segment was good. The closing segment was good. Everything in the middle was pretty unnecessary, I felt like, with the exception of Eva Marie's weekly obstacles. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, But we have the fight for the universe, the first ever universal champion, Seth Rollins, the man, versus the, all of a sudden now he's the Demon King, Finn Balor. Two issues I have with this. Do you want me to give you my issues first, or do you want to? Can I guess one of them? Sure. Where'd the King term come from? I know where it came from, because Balor translates to Demon King, but the whole time he was in NXT, he was just the demon. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Why yeah, does wh- Vince... Wh- wh- where, where do they add the King? Yeah, from? Vince... They shouldn't let Vince get his hands on anything anymore, because he gets his fingerprints all over it, he runs it into the ground, and makes it annoying. I heard the, the phrase Demon King at least 60 times mm-hmm. in three hours. He was never the Demon King before he got to Raw. All of a sudden, now that's all they want to call him. The Demon King? I get... I like it. Yeah, I, mean, I get I get you want to brand things. You could sell a million demon shirts without calling him the Demon King every 10 seconds. That was one of that was one of my big nitpicks from Rawls. Why does he have to be the Demon King? Annoyed the crap out of me all night. The second thing was... I would have much rather seen the Universal Championship unveiled on Monday than Finn Balor's Demon unveiled on Raw. Eric, what are your, what are your thoughts? I definitely agree. I mean, the whole fact that he's going to bring out his alter ego of being the demon, I just wish that was saved until the match. I almost, to an extent, wish 
it wasn't even noted that he was going to be the demon until maybe the last segment, which I still can't figure out why the Universal Championship wasn't the last segment of Raw. But, I mean, I, I wish that wasn't... It wasn't noted. I wish it was just one of those things where, you know, maybe Seth got the upper hand. It's like, Seth, I have something for you coming Sunday. And it was one of those things. It was shoved down our throats for the last two weeks. And then in the middle of Raw, you get the first appearance on the main roster of the Demon King. And it just seemed like it was a little little much of a waste. Uh, I feel that way too. Halo? Were you done? Were yeah, you that, those, are, those are my two issues. Okay, because I'm about to destroy this whole thing. Go ahead. I started the show by saying they dropped the ball. That's uh-huh. the theme of Raw and SmackDown. The reason I'm saying that, because I've seen them do this perfectly numerous times, but they don't do it right this time. I've seen them do this correctly with Austin and The Undertaker all the time. First of all, they started right. They had Seth, first first thing when the show started, they had him outside calling to the Demon King, saying, I'm looking for you, I'm looking for you. And then you had Nev- then you had him running the Neville. And Neville's saying, you're not ready for the Demon King. Why is this starting the second hour? This should be a, a whole night build so Seth can be kind of paranoid. Things should be going on for Seth to get skipped to be like afraid when, of the when demon. Seth was trying not to get RKO'd that one time yes. a year and a half ago. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> there should be like little Easter eggs about Finn Balor throughout, as a demon throughout the night. So, Seth, so that could build up to the end segment, how Raw should have ended with Finn Balor. Standing tall in the middle of the ring as a demon. I think they should have waited to SummerSlam, but they didn't. But the way the way done this, the way they should have done this properly is they started off fine with Seth, and then he saw Neville. Neville said, "You're not ready." Have little Easter eggs throughout the night to have Seth legit afraid of Finn Balor to the point he's paranoid and angry and aggravated that he goes out to the ring and calls him out. And then when you get in the ring, you just have Finn's music hit with the with the heartbeats, and then you know, make I think. He, doesn't he have like demon extras a couple times? Yeah, just have like to take over Brooklyn. Yeah, there were there were extras. Yeah, have make like extras pop up in the ring and then just have Finn rise in the ring from behind behind Rollins in the smoke or something like that. Just get something to get him like legit paranoid and afraid of the demon. Seth he sold that he was afraid of the demon, but in reality, for what it did on Raw, it was nothing really to be afraid of. No, it's just like this idea. Yeah. Of oh the Demon King, I'm gonna talk. We're gonna talk about it all night. Yeah. And then you're gonna show up with an hour left in the show, in front of a crap audience. That show was so boring. The crowd was so dead. There's nothing. It almost felt like a taped SmackDown. Yeah. I would have rather had piped in crowd noise. Yeah. yeah but on the Monday. the shot of Balor coming face to face with Seth was awesome. But they just did it. The, the, did it the whole. They did it wrong. I've seen them do this a million times correctly. Why can't you do it correctly today? And this should be ending the show, not the U.S. title. You're, you're supposed to. You're, you're supposed to be bringing in a new title. A new you, world title. A new world title. And then you're, you're supposed to be creating this new cat. This new face of the face that runs the place with with your top with your new top character, the Demon King. Why isn't this the last shot of Raw? And that and that can carry over in the SummerSlam. Yeah, now were you, were you guys as annoyed as me with the whole Demon King thing? Yeah, because oh, yeah. I was like, who's the Demon King? When was he ever the, the only labeled thing that came, the king? The came to mind to me was 
immediately, I think it was last week, right when it was like the debut of the Demon King. I was like, the only thing that I could see that making sense is trying to separate it from the Demon Kane. And then I was like, wait a minute. They don't call Kane just the Demon. He's the Demon Kane. So they didn't have to put the King with it. I, there was just so many things about it. it. It did bother me. Well, it does. It just sounds similar to Demon Kane too, which we're all tired of. Yeah, and then like, but they're just they're polar opposites in every then, way. One's a heel, one's a face, one's seven feet tall, one's five ten. You can't and, you teach know, that. <laughs> but another thing is, Finn, I don't think you want to teach that. <laughs> Finn's entrance didn't even feel the no, same. Short I, am, I would like to be able to teach that. Finn's, en- Finn's entrance didn't even really feel the same because the ca- the WWE cameraman didn't hit all the angles Mm-mm. that the NXT camera guys hit, and that took away a lot from that entrance. Cause I was like, what? Is, like, when he came out, I was like, what is? Even the way he just rose up, like, what is this? Yeah, a lot of the drama of it was not quite there. Yeah, I just mean, think the drama would be so much better <clears throat> if the first time it happens was at SmackDown. It sh- no, it should. Yeah, it should have been. At not, not if it happens at Brooklyn in front of that crowd on that night, whether it's the main event or the second to last match or the third to last match, whatever it ends up being, it would have it would have gotten a much greater response and they would have gotten a lot more legs out of it. I like. I don't know if you were a casual fan if you happened to see that. I don't know if you're like, oh, I need to watch that on Sunday. As weird as it's going through my head, you figure SummerSlam being one of like the top three, if not top two biggest shows of the year, you're figuring, you know, Brooklyn, middle of the summer. Figure like, not even a casual friend, a fan. Imagine like a celebrity there watching it that never watched NXT. Someone that's not a mark, like an actor, a musician, and then they're seeing that. Like they didn't get a teaser of that watching Raw. Like, oh, I'm watching Raw because I want to know what I'm about to see. But you see that? I mean, that's just going to invest you in it. And, you know, just to, to side with what Aaron's saying, and I mean, I think all of us always say how we wish they, they make the mid-card titles mean something. And I can respect, like, you know, when Cena was the U.S. champ, sometimes that was the main focal point of the show, and it made sense. And, you know, I think they're gonna they're putting more focus on the U.S. title by having Roman go for it. But the fact that Roman's storyline with the U.S. champion went all throughout the show as a casual storyline the way this Universal Championship storyline went and that was exactly it should have been flip-flop or if you're going to have maybe have them both go the whole show but have the Rusev-Roman thing in, at the 10 o'clock hour and have the Universal they should have had that match <laughs> well that's another thing so John Canton actually wrote on his review for Raw if you added up the amount of time that Roman and Rusev were on the screen on Monday it was almost an hour so almost an entire third of the show was dedicated to Roman and Rusev. They had a match that they're going to have on Sunday anyway. The match wasn't really for anything. It was a long match. It was a good match. I thought half of it was good. So this, the end, the last ten minutes of it was good. My whole thing but is, it, I don't understand why they needed to Aside from the quality that. of the match, Roman winning, it's like real confusing me here right now. So does that mean? Like, it made sense. It, it'll make sense, and you build Roman right back up and looking strong, and you actually got people cheering him if he wins at SummerSlam. But here's the thing he, he just won clean on Raw, so it almost makes you think, okay, maybe he's not going to win. So, is this something we're going to have to watch for two months? And I mean, if he wins clean at SummerSlam, you have Rusev looking so strong for a month, maybe a little more than a month, and then. He drops the title. I mean, you're going right back to where we were at with a year when they were ruining him. Like, you build him back up, and then if he drops the title, he looks like crap again. Yeah. Well, I guess before we move on to that, first Universal Champion, Eric, who's it going to be? Finn Balor or Seth Rollins? Seth Rollins. 
the Demon King. Yeah, I'm still sticking with Balor. I just can't see them not putting it on him after. They're making such a big deal out of the Demon King. I feel like, why are they not going to give him the title? So, here's my whole thing with it. We figure the first time the big gold, the flare belt, came to... And I know both of these guys are kind of like Triple H's thing, but I, in my head, just thinking of Triple H is doing booking to an extent. Triple H is obviously closer with Rollins. And you figure... He's already got such a main roster career already built for him. If you're going to look at their, the lineage of this title, I just think it makes more sense. Like They should feel more confident and comfortable with looking back in a year from now and know Rollins is going to be somewhere strong. Not, I'm not knocking Balor. I'm a fan, but I don't think they should put the title on him. I think it makes more sense to go with Rollins. I agree. I think Rollins should not be just the because me and Rollins really? are both. Not just because we're I both heels. I think they should have held off on the Demon. Well, no, they should have held off for it. Well, for like I said, I don't think that this he, that the demon should have showed up on Raw. I think it should have been at SummerSlam. I think Finn should be the first champion because you're so-called ushering a new era. And you're trying to make Finn this top guy. There's no other reason to make him a top guy if you're going to put him in the main event for your new title at SummerSlam. Finn should win this match. It's not saying Seth will never be the Universal Champion. I'm sure that thing that view would carry on. But another thing with Balor is it's like, okay, is he going to be the demon at every pay per view, or is he going to be the demon at at um the top four pay per views? Yeah, I think he should be the demon a handful of times every year. Yeah, but and then the other thing they kind of put themselves in a situation. So on a pay per view when he's at the demon, is he going to lose? Well, he's not going to lose just because he's not the demon. But my feeling is, if you put, if you throw Finn in this spot, it was a huge deal to have him even earn that spot in the first place. If you have Rollins win, Rollins is your number one draft pick. Rollins is your top guy right now. You let him win the title, and then it builds up to Finn being the demon. I would have, I would have liked to seen a build up to the demon. Now they did the demon, so I know they're going to. I feel like they have to put the belt on him because yeah, you can't, you can't throw him out there the first time and have him lose. And unless there's um, foul play, I don't think yeah. it's screwed. But I don't see like at, what's at, his name's going to be there again? Like John Sue on Jonathan Stewart. John Sue is on costing the world title. So if he doesn't do it, his son, his son, I think, is going to be in attendance. His son might care to care his family name. <laughs> so we have two for Finn Balor. We have one for, or we have two for Finn Balor. One for Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. So the U.S. Championship was, like I said, almost a third of the show last night. They had a match over Lana, defending Lana's honor. So stupid. Very silly. How much longer is she going to play the bride? I, 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 just, I just love how mad she was at Rusev. <laughs> Roman, was the, Roman was the problem, the, the issue for that first fight. It was so funny at yeah. the show ended. She was, so, <laughs> she was so mad at him. I thought Rusev actually was incredible he on was. last night's show. I love a whiny Rusev now. Well, his facial expression, I loved one when he told Foley, like, I was, I was, didn't mean it when I said you were the best <laughs> so, GM. So yeah. bring Stephanie out here. Then he says you're the worst GM, whatever he said. And when Roman made the, uh, the Russian mail-order bride joke about Lana, and Rusev's face, <laughs> his facial expression when Roman said that was awesome. Like, just so shocked, <laughs> like, kind of hurt. It was awesome. And then... He did all those diving headbutts. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> he did like five or six of them and kept going for the cover and couldn't get it. He was just beside himself that he wasn't winning that match. And then obviously Roman ends up winning. I mean, Roman got pretty much dominated for most of that match. Yeah. So Rusev, is the, it's not like he looked weak. Um, 
But I don't know where they're going to go with it. I do think it was way overexposed. And I don't think Roman has the respect yet of the fans where it's really helping that title to have him on the show that much going after it. I mean, we'll see what happens on Sunday. But I don't, what would you have done different with the U.S. title shot? The well, U.S. title, you wouldn't have even had the match. I wouldn't have had the match when the first, when the match got announced or in, the, in the first segment of the show. By the way, I love how they're having they've had different since the brands, but they've had different people open the show except Enzo and Cass last week. Well, yeah. this this last week and the week before that, but they've had different people open the show, which is good because we've been used to having authority segments for three years. They go a half hour long, but I like that. But when they announced the match, I was like, okay, they're giving us they're giving us away now. But then when they start carrying through the night, when they had that backstage segment, I thought that would have been that would have been used as an out not to have the match. Maybe maybe Rusev injured Roman, so he's going to compete in that ma- in the in the match tonight, and you'll just get it at SummerSlam. But I don't think they need to have the match. I liked the match. I thought the match was great. Rusev was very dominant, and. The fact that Roman that Roman got the win, I was like, okay, this kind of means that Rusev is going to win. Like <clears throat> this, like Rusev, if he wins at SummerSlam, this will also carry over too. It doesn't just have to be a, a one-off thing. Yeah. Now there, some argument can be made that them having the match on Monday makes you not really want to see the match on Sunday. Yeah, but I think we the match. I think the match was good. Good on Monday, like, it was real good. But you said the last ten minutes, but that's mostly every match. But it's like, what? How are you going to top this on Sunday? Yeah. Now, did the match, Eric? Did the match make you any more interested to see what happens on Sunday? Did it not make a difference? I, did it kind of hurt your excitement for the match? On I think Sunday? if anything, it hurt my excitement more because, in a way, I just assumed it was a little over obvious that Roman was going to win. I think Roman, you know, let's get a new thing going. You know, with this Universal Title, I like the Rollins Balor feud. I would like to see if that continues. Or whoever wins, they should be facing someone else. I would like to see Roman in a mid-card picture. And I think this, he's got a better chance of getting some positive heat finally from, from the fans. So my whole thing is just the way he wins this past match on Raw, I just think I have a problem with if he goes into this match, I want to see him win at SummerSlam, but I feel bad for Rusev either way. So it's kind of one of those things. Like The only difference is there is a stipulation. This time it's for the title. But I almost wish there was something, an added twist to it. Because I just feel like Roman's going to get screwed. There's going to be a disqualification. Rooster's going to keep it. And the, t- the match, the feud ca- carries on for a couple more weeks. So I don't know. I'm not overly excited, obviously, after the way it went. I wasn't. You know, I was excited about this whole story mm-hmm. for two weeks. And then last night kind of, or Monday, kind of slowed it down for me a little bit. Yeah. But. What do you think? Does Roman Reigns walk away the new U.S. champion? No. Ruru. Or does Rusev hold on to it? Ruru. Eric? Yeah, I'm thinking after after the way it ends, I, th- I think this this is going to carry on. I think Rusev's going to retain. I got to say something. If, Ru- if Rusev wins with that whole pass out thing, I'm going to come on the show and yell. <laughs> Pin him, beat him clean. Simple as that. If, if that pass out thing happens, I'm going to come on the show and yell. So you don't want to see the Cena? No, I don't want to see that. Let give Rusev a clean win, or tap, or tap. Tap it ain't happening. Uh, that's not happening. I already know that. Have a clean tap win. Tap it won't happen. Tap it ain't happening. He ain't tapping out. Get Rusev a clean one, please. I'm gonna agree with both of you and say Rusev. I just think it makes sense. I think if Roman has to fight for that U.S. title a couple times. Maybe the fans will be more receptive to yeah, having yes, it. Yes, that's my point. So, and to Eric's point earlier, 
Rusev was built up to be one of the most dominant people in WWE for, what, a year? Yes. He was undefeated. Then he runs into John Cena, loses, obviously, as we all knew he would. Then God knows what happened to him for the next six months. Mm-hmm. He was in the thing with Dolph Ziggler and Summer Rae. Yeah, it, it was a lot of nonsense. Mm-hmm. Now they finally got him back to a place where you can take him seriously as like a monster heel. Mm-hmm. Let him be that for a while. Yeah, and like we're going to be there. And you know I don't boo. Yeah, <laughs> I don't either. I will boo that. <laughs> he passes out. <laughs> I will boo that. I'll boo with you. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I will legit. <laughs> like, I'll boo that and Dana Brooke. That's it. <laughs> so, I, I would take a line from you and say we'll get through this later, but I need to know right now. You booed even Marie last year. Will you boo her I'm again? I'm a cheer. <laughs> I'm going to cheer her. So much. What a difference a year makes. Her, her and the Miz, I'm sharing. Beginning, are you, are you not mark even out? a year. Beginning, yes. of the, beginning of the show when we started this. He I'm going to I'm going to mark out for her and the Miz. Well, he, he Miz. said one of the reasons he was going to take over Brooklyn last year was to boo Eva Marie. <laughs> and and he Bro- did. How can you boo that? And Dana, and Dana Brooke. Yeah. He booed the crap out of <laughs> Eva Marie last year. And then as of developments three weeks ago... She's everybody's favorite heel now. <laughs> Best thing on SmackDown. <laughs> I always liked her, but that's because I'm a creep. <laughs> <laughs> so, women's championship, Sasha Banks defending against Charlotte. I believe we all thought for months Sasha was going to win the women's championship at SummerSlam. She won it on <laughs> Raw on the first night of the brand split. Not a whole lot done to move this story forward. Charlotte broke up, quote-unquote, with Dana Brooke. Semi-stagnant. Yeah, said that she failed her. You know, you can watch me from afar now. She has a squash match against Alicia Fox that we haven't seen in a long time. I guess no longer on Team Bella. (laughs) She was still wearing red, but I guess not on Team Bella. Quick squash. And she challenges Sasha to come down to the ring. I I assume we... I know I saw it coming. I don't know if you guys both saw it coming as well. Dana comes in, kind of interferes with Sasha. Sasha gets put in the figure eight, and that kind of gives us the heat leading into SummerSlam. Aaron, do you think Sasha sells that she took the figure eight on Monday night, or do you think? I hope so. Sunday night. <laughs> I hope so. What did I say? You said Monday night. I'm here for you. Oh, I, I meant on Monday night she took it. Will she be selling it on Sunday night? Yeah, I wasn't clear about that. I hope so. We talked we talked, we talked. we talked about this on Throwback Madness last week. Yeah. I hope so, but <clears throat> back to back to this whole women's thing. What is this? I don't it's know. a three-hour show, and they still get five minutes. Why am I seeing not? Why am I seeing Charlotte at ten thirty? It's a three-hour show. You, like I think whoever's writing for the women on Raw and on SmackDown should meet up. And then meet somewhere in the middle. Yeah, like because on SmackDown they're throwing every woman in. Exactly, it's a two-hour show. Basically, an hour and a half of commercials. That makes no sense. And like, I have here in my notes, they they they're contradicting themselves because you're promoting this. You these women have a commercial for SummerSlam. You say you 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 give them their title as superstars. You you throw a 24 special form. Women's Revolution ain't doing the same stuff, which makes no sense. Uh, you're not going to get any argument from me. I mean, this was one of my big things about the brand split. But a side note, it. it was a good 24 special. I didn't get to watch it yet. I haven't yet. seen it yet. I'm looking forward to watching it. I you're probably going to get teary eyed. <laughs> I, I already am. <laughs> <Jeez>. Passion mode. 
Like you, you they, they they throw Sasha on the poster. Like like what? Like you you post you 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 talk about their their marquee and their on equal playing field, but you, you still give them five minutes. This goes into my point from earlier about how they're so concerned with branding. It's as opposed to actually putting in the work to make something what you're saying it is. You're just making making it look like it's something different. You want to make everybody think it's something different, but you're not actually putting in the work to make it different. Like, they're not giving them the time. They're not putting the energy in them. They have no – on both shows, there's no, there's really no women's roster. Yeah. There's four healthy – well, now five healthy people on Raw. Not even. Paige is and, suspended. Oh, yeah. Turned out real. I was thinking of Fox. Relationship goals. They got suspended together. Well, they, they have five because <laughs> Alicia Fox is back. Like she matters. She doesn't, but she she's a, a body to throw out. There. <laughs> she's a good hand. Yeah. <laughs> Is she that? I didn't even get to see a Northern Lights suplex. I, I, I wouldn't even say a good good hand. She's just a hand. <laughs> um. Do either of you think there's any chance Sasha loses, Eric? Do you think there's any chance? Never say never. Mm. Uh, that's true. How about you? I know you said either last week or the week before you could see it happen. I could see it happen, but I think Sasha when that well, Sasha wins. I think Dana Brooke does call Charlotte the match. So even though she's banned from ring, somehow side. she'll get involved, and continuity won't follow through, and she'll, <laughs> and she'll, and she'll I think she'll call Charlotte the match some way. Yeah. Uh, so I get there's really like I said there's not a whole lot to talk about. They haven't done too much. We just know who's the champion and who's the challenger, what the stipulation is. I guess we can move right on to a prediction. Eric, Sasha Banks, or Charlotte? Who walks out the women's champion? Banks. Banks. I'll take Sasha as everybody everybody in this room and uh, the millions and millions of listeners all over the world knew uh, I, would, I would pick t- Sasha Banks. Eric, Eric we, we've got to talk about Ron's heel turn a few weeks ago on Sasha. <laughs> turn on her? Remember on Twitter? I didn't turn on her. <laughs> I just congratulated her on her wedding. We, we never brought up that she got married on the show. Well, the kayfabe angle is that it wasn't sincere. It was a phony tweet. He ain't mean it. He really could give a damn about your wedding. Yeah, you put me he on blast. He wish it never happened. You put me on blast. I was happy for her. Good for, it was a, big, a good week for her. Oh, Wins the women's championship, gets married. I'm assuming those two have been together for a long time. They were wrestling in that indie promotion in mm-hmm. New England, whatever it was, chaotic maybe. I don't remember. Something like that. Um, it's chaotic to think you're. But yeah, Sasha Banks is going to win at SummerSlam. I'll boo if she doesn't. <laughs> Typical. <laughs> Tag team champions: The New Day, going to face off with. Doctor Gallows and Doctor <laughs> Anderson. Now I know I wasn't here last week, but mm-hmm. how good. Is their fucking promos? Oh, their vignettes great. bashing them. Do you like the white coats? Love the white coats. <laughs> That's awesome. I love the like I love they wore them to the ring last night. Yeah, me too. The clip they had clipboards, right? Yeah. Or maybe they had them the first week. I don't know if they had them. They had the jar. Uh-huh. The jar. Oh yeah, yeah, jars like on Monday. Um. Yeah, I I because th- New Day had been for like about a month or six weeks. Nobody was really talking about it. We're ramping up like a lot of sexual innuendo in their promos. Nobody was really talking about it. So for the whole ring post-itis thing, and them allegedly have, well, them putting the eggs in the jar, acting like one is, uh, I guess, one of Biggie's boys mm-hmm. in there. And then they had the smaller jar for Kofi and the even smaller <laughs> jar for Woods. I thought it was hilarious. I love that Like we had a big problem with them being separated from AJ. 
because they finally got rolling a little bit as the club. And then they get separated from AJ. Now at least they're giving them some personality. So all three of us, and I think we all will admit it to different extents, and all the fans definitely know this with Alo from listening to him for all these months. You know, we all have our nitpicks, <laughs> things we may not like. Cup, so cup, cup, at, <laughs> as a fan, there, there's you know, there, you always got to know WWE is going to mess up. They're going to they're going to f up here and there. They're going to book stuff wrong. So my whole thing is when they brought the club in, they were there for a couple weeks and they looked strong and then they disappeared then they were irrelevant and then they were doing nothing with them. So it was one of those things where I was interested in them right away and I knew eventually they were going to do something right with them. It's kind of just a small comparison and it to a different extent, they didn't do it right. Like, they brought the Dudleys back, and everyone thought they were going to do something right with them, and then fast forward, it's almost been a year, and they've never done anything right with them. Well, you might get Bully right. So, yeah, you know, yeah that's the rumor. I don't even want to go there until... If they're not, if they're never going to touch the tag titles, it makes no sense to me, but whatever. Or even, like, give them a 24-hour run. Especially However, when they talk about them being nine-time champions. Yeah, I mean, as like... As often they, as they do. Exactly, exactly. But, or, or on another note, like, it was one of those things, like, I was, I was sitting here so many times, and we were talking about them, and how... You know, I'm hearing us rant about how they're they're letting us down or they're not doing anything right with them. And then the first moment I saw that vignette of them, you know, going on about Biggie's boys and, and they're talking about how they're they're gonna do keep doing this to them. Don't get testy, always get <laughs> every time. It, it was so it was money from the beginning of the, the vignette to the end, like I was in tears and I was just like they're doing something right with these guys, and even without AJ, like it's one of those things. It's inevitable. I'll give my prediction right away. The club's leaving with the tag titles. I agree. The club. So we all we all think Gallows and Anderson, the uh, the PhDs <laughs> of the WWE. Yeah, well, yeah. Without the story, without the without their muscle and Big E, the club wins. Yeah. Do, do you feel like they sh- they should have taken that route? Does it take a little bit away from Gallows and Anderson that they needed Coke? They needed uh, Big E to not be there no, to beat them. No, makes them look like dominant heels. It took somebody. They took. They took out the muscles and they beat up on. Beat up on the lo- on the smaller guys to get the titles. And New Day has it to chase them. It makes them look also like stronger heels. Yeah, right? New Day, New Day has to chase them, and then like I said, New Day doesn't need the titles anymore. Gallows and Anderson, they need the titles. You think they hold it for a while? Yeah. If not, I think if they drop them, they win them back. Whether if if it not goes to the New Day, I think we see them going with uh, you know them running with the titles for a while. I could see New Day gets their rematch, whether Big E's in it or not. It makes them look stronger. They they you know finish Big E. I mean, there's always the chance they there's a rematch later down the line. Big E's there. There's a screw up and that breaks the New Day up. But I think with so much of what they're doing as far as merchandising with the New Day, I think they're going to keep them together for a good little while. But so, well, that was my next question. Do you think New Day and Gallows and Anderson go their separate ways after SummerSlam, or do you think we get to obviously we? I think we obviously get a rematch or something. Yeah, whenever Big E's ready to go, they'll get the rematch. And after that, I'm guessing whenever they decide to pull a trigger on Enzo and Cass in the tag title feud, that'll be that'll, that'll be the next thing. So, for the so it's you know that's exactly what I was, I was thinking is. They get Enzo and Cass, and I think Enzo and Cass get a short run with the titles because they're one of those groups. They don't really need it, but they don't need it per se. But at the same time, they need a tag title run. The in fans my need them to have it more than they <laughs> yeah. need. Exactly. It, it's it's like we said. I know I said passion. I know you said it before. Said it a thousand times when they were in NXT. They didn't need the NXT tag titles, but those tag belts needed them, and sadly for those belts, they never got. Them. So to that point. 
Uh, the first time you saw them was when we went to the NXT show mm-hmm. in May of 2014, yep. I believe. Yep. Uh, 2015. 2015? Yes, okay. So, you didn't know anything about Enzo and Cass. Uh-huh. They opened the show. Uh-huh. They were going up against Blake and Murphy, who were the tag champs yeah. at the time. And I remember saying to you and Laugh, like, these, these guys, guys are, are about to get the... And they're about to get the titles. It was kind of like... You knew SummerSlam 98. Like, you knew the whole thing was building up. Triple H is finally going to get the Intercontinental Championship. Mm-hmm. It was like that story. You know they're finally going to get it. And then they never got it. Yeah, but like They didn't I, win them from Blake and Murphy. They didn't win them from the Revival. They never won those titles. Yeah, but like I said, but NXT and NXT, the most over teams, they, yeah, don't, they really don't need, need they don't need them. The teams that aren't so over, they need them to build yeah. them up. The, belt, it, it, the belts need, they need the belts. The belts don't need them. But this is one of those things where, in my opinion, just because it's NXT belts, we're not talking about WWE titles, those belts, I just felt like they needed them. Because, in my opinion, I mean, I guess now, a little different, because um, the rival is such strong heels, and um, obviously, you guys love an American Alpha so much. They, <laughs> they, they were two good teams. We are American, we are American Alpha, I, damn it. Very well, but so both, both, so of those, both of those guys, obviously, you know, good teams that did... I, you know, I think they solidified those tag belts meaning a little more than what they did prior. However, I'm just thinking before Enzo and, Enzo and Cass went to the main roster, those titles needed them. And I still think it's a shame they never won. Well, that actually is a perfect segue into the next thing. Enzo and Cass against Jericho. <laughs> so good. <laughs> they did a, an interview with uh, Tom Phillips. Also known as Ted, Ted Tim, Jason. Jason, Jason. They called him every name they could think of. They claim they are closer than than uh, Enzo and Cass are, and they have each other's backs no matter what. <laughs> like, Jericho says that Big Cass is a problem. He better watch it. It. Watch what? It. it. <laughs> Only Jericho could just make the word it something to pop over. Enzo and Cass come out. They basically invite Jericho to their. Uh, SummerSlam barbecue. They're going to be serving weenies, zucchinis, burgers, frankfurters. <laughs> I don't know. This wasn't their best promo ever. Still funny, though. Got me to laugh. The sausage. <laughs> KO against Cass. KO gets disqualified. They beat down Cass a little bit. I don't know how long this is going to, going to go on, but... It's going to be an awesome match at SummerSlam. I can't wait. I hope both both of them get a promo, too, uh-huh. at SummerSlam. Or at least, we already know Enzo and Cass are going to get a promo. They'll never Yeah, I think they're opening the show. But I hope we get maybe Jericho and Owens, at the very least, get an interview backstage with Tom or Ted or Jason. Nathaniel or Jason <laughs> or whatever. Um, you excited for this match? Do you like what they've done with it? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I like all Florida guys. My two favorite heels are in a team together. It should be good. It's an interesting point Alu just made about them opening. I definitely could... um, It makes sense. I almost just want to immediately argue that. I feel like since every title is being defended, correct? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I almost feel like a title match will start, and they could use that match, obviously, being that it's in New York. They could use Enzo and Cass to... If the crowd dies down at a point, obviously that match could help. Re- revamp the whole crowd, but either way, I think it's gonna be good. They did that last year. There's nothing that will get that crowd on its feet and ready for that night than that music hitting. Yeah, because we did that last year for the, the NAC taping. 
Yeah. They opened the show last year. Yeah, the two NXT shows. Miz and Mary's coming that won't make you guys pop. Like, I'll pop. I'll pop for that, but it's not a good open. Yeah, Apollo Crews will come off sit down. Two will be the only two. <laughs> but Miz, <laughs> Miz has to come out first, and Apollo comes out, then we'll all sit down. <laughs> and smile. Yeah. <laughs> the only person that doesn't root for his cousin. <laughs> He's got so many cousins to root for, though. I know. He can't, he can't get along with all of them. Exactly. <laughs> He's not in the immediate family. Uh, second cousin. Like third cousin. Or yeah. Cousin of a cousin. Uh-huh. Who wins this match? And Don Cass. Jericho and Owens are on a... Jer- Jer- well, Jericho. They're not an actual team. I believe Jericho will take the pin for yeah. And Zone Castle. And Zone Cass. No way that they don't win. There's I bet no my bottom dollar on it. We have... Cesaro and Sheamus. What? What is this? Well, it, it's a it's a best of seven series now. Uh, uh, Uncle Teddy booked this. He, he's been a, he had a stand all <laughs> over the last this, two shows. If this is a best of seven, so does this mean this is the fourth match, fifth match? No. The first two don't count. They said it starts. At Which seven. makes no sense. So we already saw them twice. <laughs> Cesaro beat him twice, and now we have seven. A best of seven for what? So is there seven matches at, at SummerSlam? No, no, it's, it's the first start. match. It'll probably be. I don't know if they're going to do some of them on Raw. I don't know if it's going to be the next seven pay per views. These guys. Why don't they just do it at main event? So in what month are we in? August. Yeah. So in what? April. Yeah, <laughs> WrestleMania. The ra- <laughs> a, a best of seven for what? What are you fighting for? We'll forget it was a best of seven by the time it's over. The two matches are called a called a called a series. Just, yeah, just let let Cesaro get the sweep. This makes no sense. The, the only part about it I liked, and I, I think I might mention this at some point every week, is that I love Foley's intensity as the GM. Like, Daniel Bryan is the kind of happy-go-lucky, he's happy to be there, he's having fun. Foley's, like, laying down the law. And you, you're used to Foley being, like, the lovable guy, but he's, he does not hesitate to, to lay down the law on somebody. He called both of those guys out three weeks ago. He says, Cesaro, you know, you've been better than ever. You showed you're healthy. Sheamus, your head is clearly back in the game. We're going to do this best of seven series to see who's better. I don't, I don't see what the point is. Well, what's the payoff? Well, there is none. I'm saying the only thing I like about it is... At least Uncle Teddy put it for a title. (laughs) Foley's character is the one redeeming thing of this for me, and that's it. And it gets Sheamus on the show, or it gets uh, Cesaro on the show. We don't need to talk about it anymore. Eric, Cesaro, or Sheamus? Naturally, do we want to call the whole seven seven match series now, or do we just call yeah, the first seven game? match? Cesaro gets the best of it. Cesaro, I hope in a sweep, but like, <laughs> what? Where even Cesaro? a sweep? And if it's on every pay per view, it's not over. So, so you, here, here's my question: because they, they're saying it's a seven series, like, are they going to do seven matches? What, what if Cesaro won six in a row? And they're going to be like, no, you, it's best of, best of first seven, one to win, win four. four. Okay, what if he wins four in a row? We That's a sweep. Be over. Be over. I guess not. No. So, it, best case scenario, Cesaro gets a sweep and it's over at Survivor Series. What, like, what is it? And then Sa- poor Sami Zayn. It's like, like. At least he got on the show. Exa- but these rosters, they need to be fixed because in the original brand extension, a few months, I think two or three months in, they let people jump. They said if the grass was greener on the other side, then jump. So we had Deanna take it left raw for SmackDown, Brock left raw for SmackDown. Who else? Eddie Guerrero and Ben Watt, they left, they left Raw to go to SmackDown. Jericho left SmackDown to go to Raw. And even those rosters out, they need to do something like that. Because they keep saying Cesaro's not happy. Now, all of a sudden, Cesaro's happy to be on Raw. Yeah, what do you say? I'm all about Raw. Yeah, something I'm like a team that. player. Yeah, you, you weren't. Yeah, you weren't. For the no, first three weeks. It makes no sense. It doesn't. So, 
They should make this for the European title. So Brock, not my title. <laughs> and, and, and we didn't even defend it in 30 days. We got to vacate it. And then Cole called the Blue Thunder Bomb Michinoku driver. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> That's yeah, a little cap. That really annoyed me. Didn't he miss call like three kicks too? He miss calls almost everything. He calls everything Sasha Banks does the bank statement. I hate him. <laughs> and I don't think Corey Graves talks in the whole wrong. He doesn't. Because it's supervising him. Mm-hmm. I don't think you talk enough in the show. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't let you know when you wanted your six-minute rant. <laughs> I'm not joking. It's really six minutes. It was really six minutes. I hope. Wait, you were actually trying to yeah, six was. minutes in the show. I was. I was going to call and, only call it and bury him, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but I'm, after I did it, but I'm not going to do it. You can't bury me if you tried. <laughs> so Brock, Randy Orton, and Heath Slater. How is it that over two shows... Heath Slater has the most cohesive story of anything that's going on. <sighs> he got more over than the match. I'm, a, I'm about to be a fan. <laughs> I want one of them free Asian shirts. He's been funny. The story has actually late. the story has actually made sense week to week. It's, it's building on top of itself. Like the fact that he he came back and said, "Oh, you guys, I saw you guys were going to offer me a contract. I thought that was going to be forgotten, never mentioned again." He remembered it. And actually brought it up the next week. But Heath Slater took a beating from both guys. He sold the beating on SmackDown that he took from Lesnar. Uh, he actually won the match against Orton. Was, <laughs> that, that was good. <laughs> we'll it was good. It. And he said, what did he say? Like, oh, Randy didn't see what was coming or whatever. He, he didn't know what hit him. You look so uh, beautiful, Stephanie. <laughs> you look so beautiful, Stephanie. He thought, they, he thought Daniel Bryan and, and Shane were Stephanie and Mick. Very funny stuff from Heath Slater, as always. But Brock and Orton, I was super excited for this after the RKO out of nowhere on Raw. Because Orton crossed over. They made it look like he crossed over and he wasn't supposed to be there and he knew it. Lesnar retaliated the next week. Now it just has sort of been just kind of promos getting cut back and forth. It's kind of typical for the way any of Brock's matches are booked, though. Well, it's like a typical thing to hate, and I love. This is one thing I love about it, the new regime, and I hate just crossing right over to SmackDown. But with that Smack and Talk segment, I love Brian. Brian's straight up about. It. He's like, "All right, cool. We're waiting for it. And what's Brock doing? He's farming. What's Orton doing? He's out here wrestling. I mean, it's, it's it is one of those things. It's typical. You get it with any of Brock's upcoming matches. His opponent is wrestling every single week, and Brock's out there milking cows mm-hmm, up in Canada. <laughs> Represented Canada in the UFC. Really? Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. So, for me, I'm excited about this match only in that I do think Orton's going to win. And I think it's what makes the I like most that sense. Prediction. I don't know what either of you think. I thought this from the second they booked it, Orton should win. I thought Orton would win. Now, obviously, I'm starting to think he's going to win, but I didn't think it initially. Like, yeah. The minute the match was booked, I was like, sorry, Orin. Obviously, Vince could just say, yeah, you know, I know a Brock. He's Brock. He's not going to lose, and that's going to be it. Um, but I think they've built up the RKO that it only takes one to go to Viperville for a reason. At least I hope they've done that for a reason. And hopefully the one RKO gets it done. Um, no way one gets it done. Well, I hope the RKO gets it done in one form or fashion because I just I said the same thing at WrestleMania. It made sense for Dean to win because Brock wouldn't be there the next day or for a few months after. Same thing's going to happen with this. 
And I mean, just going off it, I guess, so, good thing I got Alo here just to um, make it for a fact. Fact check you. <laughs> fact check me. So since Lesnar's been back, he's had two losses, correct? Mm. One to Triple H, one to Cena. And he lost Undertaker last year. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so, wait. He did. All right, all right, all right. I'm he, sorry, I'm sorry. The, the, the defiant the, the, gesture. Yeah. Def, real, real losses. Triple H and Cena. It's Triple H and Cena. So, Triple H pinned them, Cena pinned them. So, aside from those two, Cena, it was clean. Yeah, well, it was an Extreme Rules match. It was, yeah, it was Extreme Rules match. And so was But Triple it wasn't H. an interference, and it was the cage match that Triple H won, right? No, he lost the cage match. He lost, and the cage match was the rubber match. Okay. Yeah. So, my thing was, when, when Triple H beat him, what was it, a no DQ match? Some, yeah. So, here's the thing I, I like about this. I mean, if Warren's going to win, there, it's not no DQ. So my only way I see him actually winning is if, and it could be a light, like a, like just someone making an appearance. My whole thing is, which actually there's an idea of who it could be, which I know you guys both love, but um, I think he just sees someone, gets distracted, and loses. Because at this point, I mean, you're telling me there's going to be, there's no stipulation and Orton's going to hit a couple RKOs and he's going to pin the guy? If so, great for Orton. Goes from last year, he's in the, the pre-show, and then this year he's beaten... The most unstoppable force contracted by multiple companies. <laughs> Before we get to the predictions from you two, I already gave mine. Did you guys like Orton taking Heath Slater to Suplex City last night? That was the worst Jewish Suplex <laughs> I've awful. ever seen. I, I love that he did it, and I, I didn't want to disappoint it, but those suplexes were bad. It was it was I, not executed properly, but I love the spirit of the idea. I love the spirit of the idea, and you know what? It looked like it hurt. <laughs> it looked like it that hurt. That was the worst suplex I've ever seen. Yeah, they were bad. Yeah, but um, but I, I appreciate. At least I like that he did the. At least he did like the little hop. Yeah, yeah. Um, they dropped the ball with this too because Heyman, excellent as always, he recovered. But like I said, Heath Slater got more over in this than the whole, than the match did. What I mean, they dropped the ball for this whole situation is, you only saw them together. They never actually had like a face to face. But no, they, they couldn't, it shouldn't. Really. No, no, but see, this is my thing. What they could have done was they could have had Brock Lesnar demand Randy Orton be allowed on Raw. And said, okay, I want this guy, I want this guy on Raw to have a face-to-face. And they, they, Mick and Brian, they could have agreed to that. Do you think maybe they should have saved the RKO for this last? No. Do you think they should have saved no. that for this week? No, no. It was fine the first time because you didn't, you didn't expect to see that at all. But I think a face-to-face would did this feud a little bit more justice. Instead of just ha- instead of getting Heath Slater over, even though it was funny and funny and fun, but if the if you had a face to face between the two, you got they could have had a pull apart. And last year when they had the Undertaker and Brock pull apart, that was awesome. Yeah, they, build up a, a lot exactly, of steam exactly. And they showed every every show for a month. <laughs> but but there's only like there was only one more show before SummerSlam. You guys had a pull apart between those two. And they to even build had the, the great quote ball. with Brock saying, "I'm going to kill you," and the Undertaker saying, "You're going to have to." Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time. We don't want to. We don't need to see a repeat of what they did last year. As great as it was, and I mean, it would make more sense because I was just watching that pull apart recently. And it's just like, man, it's really taking like a dozen people to hold Undertaker's seventy-year-old self. That's yeah, and, and, I, and all of a sudden, I don't know where Randy Orton found his mic skills, but he had nothing else better to do when he was at home. <laughs> he was just talking into yeah. a tape recorder in yeah. the mirror. <laughs> so, Eric, who wins this match, Orton or Lesnar? Hey, you know, I, I'm I'm still. I think in shock that you are so sure that Orion wins. I hope I, I'm going to go exactly with the prediction. I say I think we see. I think Goldberg distracts uh, Brock 
and don't Rock don't wish that upon me. Mm-hmm. I'll do it for that too. <laughs> don't don't say don't read those don't believe those dirt sheets. Don't I, you must have seen them. <laughs> you saw that. I, I saw that pop up. I didn't read it, so I can't. I can't. I can't get on the top. I can't get on the top rope yet. Maybe maybe we'll record. I'll look for it. But you said who's gonna win? Did you get Orton a prediction? Uh, you said Orton wins. Orton wins. <laughs> okay. Well, per Dean Ambrose on Austin's podcast, <laughs> this man. I uh, I'm terrified. Did you watch it. I listened to it because the download version came out today. Yeah, well, yesterday. But I don't see bro, I don't see Randy winning this match at all. They've been playing off his shoulder a lot lately. So I think I think Brock asks him to come over lock and Brock wins. That's that way. I'd be disappointed. I'm just tired of Brock. I am too. Don't get me wrong. I am too. It's the same thing every time he comes out. I'm over it. Fifteen German suplexes, a couple F fives, and then it's over. Yeah. So, so I, I think a love-hate thing about this feud, I mean, if he wins from the Kimura, you figure after the Kimura, Orton's going to want revenge. But there can't be revenge. Orton beats Brock. Brock loses to a guy from another show. How can Brock seek revenge? There can't... I, you know, I mean, guess there can be a rematch, but there shouldn't be. They're on different shows. So is there any chance it's, there's not a finish? They gotta have I a finish. guess Goldberg spears both of them. Oh, God. Don't, don't wish Goldberg <laughs> upon us. All right, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just the idea of Goldberg taking place in this. I'm moving on. WWE Championship, Ambrose and Ziggler. I just don't want to hear about Goldberg. You know, I'm, 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 I'm just going to say one thing. Uh-huh. A positive nitpick. Uh-huh. And, you know, it, it's The first funny. ever not positive nitpick. <laughs> no, all I'm going to say is just obviously because, you know, Alu has his nitpicks about the way this has been booked. I just think the way they are booking the Universal Championship match, they're doing it so bad. This looks so good. Brock versus Orton looks like it's the hugest thing of the summer. (laughs) Does this main event? I don't know. I don't know they've announced. It makes no sense not to to be the last match. It's the only one that's cross-branded. Why why should it not? It's two big, like, stars with longevity. Um, Not just that. To backtrack for a second. So... Sorry, cut you off there. Mm-hmm. You got WWE Championship. You got a new world title, and then you got this cross man match. Is it is it a three hour or four hour show? Four hour show, Top. including including the pre show. Pre show starts at five. So so here's my thing on it. Here's my thing. You know, we made the the guess earlier, or you made the guess that Enzo and Cass started off. I feel like the WWE title or the Universal title is going to start it off because back. You know, the last like year that they had the world title, the world title that, usually. Do you mean the off. Super Intercontinental title? <laughs> you know what it is, the big goal. The Super, the the super Intercontinental <laughs> title. By the way, I'm climbing the top rope. I found the dirt sheet. Oh, okay. please don't. <laughs> I already know what it says. It doesn't say what the, the spec. They're, they're they're using very spec very much speculation because during SummerSlam weekend is WWE 2K17 press and conference. Goldberg's gonna be there. And Goldberg's gonna be there. So it's nothing but pure speculation by writers who unfortunately have a job. <laughs> I agree that I'm predicting, and I hope it happens. <laughs> as much as y'all don't want it to happen. Yeah, I don't. I don't um. care. I want it to happen. <laughs> I hope you guys I hope you guys enjoy it live. Record it and text it to me. I'll FaceTime you. <laughs> I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want no record of it. At least as far as I'm involved. Just because someone said to you last year you look like the guy you got something against him. <laughs> no, 
I've, I've, I've hated Goldberg since the 90s. I've always hated Goldberg. That's why you got that full, that full beard. That's why he grew the full beard. Ambrose and Ziggler fighting for the WWE Championship. I love their, their Miz TV segment. The Who TV? Great. Miz TV. Who TV, Eric? I loved, I loved Miz needling Ziggler, saying we all, you know, everybody thought you were a flop, including me. I love Ziggler. It was giving you a little bit more to the whole. He's not just giving you I try hard, but he's giving you like I don't care. I'm, I don't care what happens after SummerSlam. The only thing I care about is SummerSlam and that title. Dean basically said, "I love Dean saying that. I'm not buying it. This new Dolph Ziggler. You're, you're still the same old guy. You're going to prove to everybody you don't want it bad enough, and you never did. And then the one time I can get behind Ziggler using the super kick as he's reeling Ambrose in, just saying." You're gonna you're gonna throw everything at me and it's not gonna be enough and every tool in your arsenal and you're gonna be looking for that one last move to see what's gonna put me away. Boom! Super kick out of nowhere. Great end to the segment. Loved it. And then he well said, delivered super kick." Yeah, and you're gonna find out why I am that damn good. Loved that opening segment. You know I popped for trip for that. You know I'm that damn good. Yeah, I, I knew you popped for it. Um, Ambrose beats Rowan, which we all knew was gonna happen. I feel like Ambrose has to win this. I don't, but I, I still think it's weird that Ziggler has not been made. So, I my whole thing with that, and that's why I just feel like this has to carry over for another month because my only thing bothered by this, and I'm a fan of both guys. I think this is a great storyline. I think it's been executed well. Just it's kind of bothered me that neither of them turn. I do think Ambrose got to win because. Just by getting that podcast, he's the champion. I think a little people may have got a little more invested in him, even though the first half of the podcast was rough. <laughs> I just think to solidify his reign, he needs it to carry on a little longer. I think he 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 retains, and then I think next week we get Ziggler turning heel finally. Well, <clears throat> I like the promo. I love to stick into the story, but mm-hmm. nobody's buying the Dolph, and Dolph is showing so much emotion. Like I said, I told you he can cut promos, but it was those on WWE.com. I told you that. Mm-hmm. And I'm loving that he's showing so much emotion. I, I popped for the super kick because it came out of nowhere. But my thing is, why didn't this happen last week? Because you actually had a legit heel turn. And now you're just... Having now you're having them go out and destroy the Wyatt family, and now they're, now they're nothing again. Now, apparently Bray's mad at Eric Rowan because he can't because he can't win. Mister Six Seconds himself. He never won. Yeah. yeah. When did Rowan ever win? Exactly. Outside of when he was tagging with Harper. Exactly. So apparently this is going to be face versus face. I do believe Ambrose will win. I think Dolph will take him to the take him to his limits. This this may possibly be the match of the night. Could be. I mean, there's going to be obviously two. The story two strong. Candidates. Yeah, the story's there because Dolph's going to come out super aggressive. Because Ambrose saying, "I'm not buying it," but maybe maybe Ziggler will show him and have Ambrose buy in. Definitely should stay. It's arguably the best executed story on both shows. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I have been. And everybody thinks I hate Ziggler. I don't hate him. I think he's got a ton of ability, mm. and I think he could be great. He's just used in such a terrible way, and I just think that character has always annoyed me. Yeah. I, I wanted him to turn heel. I told you as soon as this happened, I said, I don't think he's going to turn heel. I think they're going to make it like he's the underdog that's just trying so hard to get to the top, and that's what it turned out to be. But I've actually enjoyed him each of the last three weeks. Um, so I'm not going to complain too much. I still think he should be a heel. 
I hope Eric's right that he loses and becomes a heel. Yeah, after yeah, this. yeah. That, that's, it'll be a reason because, like I said, I think he's gonna take the, Ambrose to the limit and he's gonna make one mistake that's gonna cost him. And I, I believe Ambrose will probably buy into Ziggler, the new Dolph Ziggler, after the match. Maybe Ziggler will hit him, hit super kick him after the match. But yeah, that's what I was gonna say. What, what if after the match he buys and shows yeah. him respect? Ziggler yeah. kicks his head yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. Ziggler turns heel because I, I need my Ziggler heel turn. I need, I needed it three weeks ago. Yeah, and you know his 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 all ago. social his social media handle still is Heel Ziggler. Excellent Twitter handle. Excellent handle. And he's a guy who loves to try to switch mine to Heel Act Two Five. <laughs> I saw a train mine to you know what? Like that too. You should. <laughs> I think you should. I think we're onto something. <laughs> Act two fit, remember? <laughs> a little, little farther into twenty seventeen. Right? In the meantime, we're not, we're not rushing. We're holding that till summer. Okay. <laughs> Always Summer's push your best product year. forward first, Eric. Yes. Um, I do think that Ziggler has been much more enjoyable to watch. I think they're getting a lot more mileage out of him. I think he's selling what they're doing. But as far as him being a heel, he even trolls fans on Twitter. Much like Kevin Owens does, he'd be a perfect heel for this day and age. With Twitter, everybody's on Twitter, everybody's tweeting at these superstars, and they're tweeting back at people. I think Ziggler would be perfect for it. So, Aaron, WWE Champion after SummerSlam, Dean Ambrose or the Show Off Dolph Ziggler? Dean Ambrose, unfortunately. Dean, Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose. I think we all are in agreement on that one. I don't think there's any chance he doesn't win it. Uh, it would be surprising if. Ziggler one, I just don't think it's in the cards. So just random. If this, we all think Ambrose wins. If the feud doesn't continue, will you be disappointed? If Ambrose wins and the feud doesn't continue, uh, no, because I still think you could you could turn Dolph Hill without having anything to do with Ambrose. I think I'll, they could still tell that. Story. So Ambrose, following months defending it against someone besides him, you're not disappointed. No. I think the story has to continue. Okay, I'm fine with it now. Especially because I need, if it, especially if it was a hill turn, it has to continue. I'll tell you what, and I figured you'd be at the top of the ladder jumping off because the main dirt sheet I've been reading <laughs> is saying that it either leads into a triple threat next month and why it's involved or why it is the next person going against Ambrose. And I pray to God that's not what's happening because don't, don't wish I am just you. so anti Bray at this point. I just think he just he he's so fragile. He doesn't. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> I'm ready for Bray to get unleashed. Although I've been ready for that for two years. All he, all he does is flop on people. I'm ready for him anything. to get unleashed onto like the Intercontinental title. Somewhere he belongs. I feel. I still feel like he could be your top heel. If he can it. be. But the thing is, even Jake the Snake said this. He gets chaired too much. Well, that's the problem with the business today. Yeah. Is there certain heels you like? Like Kevin Owens gets cheered. Seth Rollins gets cheered. There's really no way around it at this point. Yeah, you got bad parents like me and take their kids to the show and they cheer for the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, AJ and Cena, this is the other story on SmackDown that I thought has been, aside from them not being there last week, I think this story has been playing out really well for a while. I think so too. Really? Mm-hmm. You got you nitpicks. You don't? No, let nitpicks. me hear your nitpicks then. They've only built this for a week because there's been three weeks difference between Battleground in SummerSlam, the six-pack challenge was the first live SmackDown, or the second live SmackDown, and then they had that the promo last week, the week before, which was excellent. I knew you say that. Nah, that was excellent. Yeah, and awesome. then last week they weren't there. It's two weeks of nothing, and la- and then last week they showed that video package that did nothing. 
Well, them not being there was just an unfortunate mishap. Well, that, that tour was already booked. Yeah, that's what I, I meant. About, yeah, about they were advertised for it, so they had to go. So they did the best they could. Yeah, but you, yeah, but you can't, you can't film like a sit, like you can't film stuff with them cutting promo on each other. Well, they could have. They they did something during the commercial break on Raw last week. I don't know what they did. I think it ended with an AA on Cena. It was, AA, it was, a, it was a two minutes. It was a two minutes on Snapchat. It was an AA, and that was it. But this had already been built up prior, so we're still kind of going off of what was going on before. And I liked Styles on commentary. I liked him saying, "I'm just tired of the future going through John Cena." Hits the phenomenal forearm. He says, "You know, my time is now." And he's about to leave on top. He goes back for a little more. Cena, of course, hits him with the AA. And then I loved him bringing the steps over and putting them through the announce table. I thought it was a good way to go off the air for that feud. Um, I still think Styles has to win. But I'm, I'm really excited for this match. I think this is going to be awesome, too. So outside of you, you're not happy with the build the last three weeks. But... What's your level of excitement for this match? I'm less excited. I'll put it that way. <laughs> I think the match will be the match will be better than the Money in the Bank match. I think, but like I said, like those those two weeks of missing build for this match takes a lot away from it. AJ was excellent on commentary, by the way. Him him arguing with Otunga, <laughs> he said, "How much does Cena pay you to say that?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and then Moro brought up him and Otunga, Cena and Otunga. He's got to defend his former tag partner. Yeah, <laughs> that one day reign. Yeah. <laughs> I loved him saying Cena was great. Yeah, yeah, he's like Cena was great. He was a 15-time champion. Like talk, talking about in the past since mm-hmm. I like that. AJ was great on commentary. Even after the match, I felt that he needed something needed to happen. So right after the match, he goes right after Cena and takes him out and and, and say he's tired of the, tired of of people saying the future goes through you. I thought the show should end it that way and then not Cena getting the best of AJ. Well, if so I didn't mind Cena getting the best of AJ in the hope that that means Styles is going to get the best of Cena on Sunday. I agree 100%. Obviously figuring that this is the second match in the series. Mm-hmm. Unless for somehow they're, they're factoring in. Does Cena pin them in the six-man Cena tag? Cena pinned So, I mean, if they're making it look like this is their rubber match, which I'm sure they're not going to, but I mean, I guess going with my prediction, you just figure typical booking, Cena leaves, ends the show standing tall. I would love for Styles to win. But I just, you know, going into the whole way it was booked, I was like, okay, SummerSlam, this is, you know, Cena getting uh, his hand held high. But I, I, I'm pulling for Styles. I hope Styles wins. Yeah, this, is, not, this is one of those, like, real, I'm real indecisive. I don't really know what's going to happen. I'm not huge on fantasy booking myself. But, I mean, my hope is Styles wins, goes on to feud with Ambrose for the title. Bray moves on to Orton. And... Dolph, I don't know what they do with him, but that's my hope. I think Styles needs to win. I feel like why why did you put this much investment in AJ Styles for the last eight, nine months if you're not going to make something out of him? And what better way to make he's not he's not young. He's not like a twenty five year old too. It's like okay, he lost in his first go round and by the time he's twenty eight he's gonna be a champ. He's thirty eight years old. If you're gonna make something of him, you have to do it like right now. See, and I think he's like he's one of those very, very few people. Like, obviously, it's going to happen with Balor, whether it's you know this weekend or at some other point. Obviously, Balor's going to be one of those people that's 
their first title on the main roster is going to be a main title. I I have no problem with that with AJ Styles. None. And I think it should. I think he should win the WWE title. He's done enough in his life where it, it matters. My whole problem with, and you know, we've all basically agreed with this at some point, I don't think Bray Wyatt's never touched gold. He hasn't been around. He doesn't like. Did he have something going on in the Indies at some point? Cool. Congrats. It wasn't. He wasn't. Didn't light the world on fire. There's no reason why he should be a WWE champion in my heart. I don't see why that should be his first championship. So I think you know, after Ambrose and Ziggler are done, it doesn't make sense. I would love Styles needs to be the one to dethrone Ambrose, and, and it shouldn't be the eater of worlds. So who wins, Styles or Cena? Honestly, I don't know. I, I'm hoping. Well, for you know, when you're in doubt, you go John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean Cena then? If you're in doubt, no, I'm, I'm going to go with AJ Styles. Here. AJ so, Styles. If he doesn't win, I boot. How confident are you in that? <sighs> can you bring now, up, just by the look on your face? We don't have video this week, but 60, by the look 40. on your face, can you guys bring a sign saying if Styles loses, we riot? 60-40. <laughs> what, what am I talking about? You guys can't riot without me. Sixty-forty. <laughs> I'm going to take Styles as well. I think he has to. I think he was brought here to be something. It's time to make him something. It has to happen. Intercontinental Championship, again, not much build to this. There was a, a Miz TV segment during the commercial where they were calling him Apollo Creed. Makes no sense. Apollo comes out and says, my name is, is Cruz. It ends with the spin-out powerbomb, and that was it. <laughs> Well, Miz had a great line saying, no, it's Creed. I've read nine-page dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've memorized nine-page dialogue. Um, I don't think we have to talk a whole lot about this. I'll give you the first crack because I know you hate the Miz. Who wins, Apollo Crews you know what? or the Miz? Just, just to say on a side, um, Crews, I think, is going to win. Crews wins, new IC champion. My whole thing is, just because I've always, and I stick to my guns. I've always been anti-Miz and you guys used to be. My whole thing that bothers me... I never used to be. I probably would think he's having a great heel IC champion run if he was never the WWE champion and I would probably appreciate <laughs> it. But the fact that he is the worst WWE champion of all well, time well, he was Vince the McMahon hottest, was better than he was. He was the hottest heel <laughs> as WWE champion. Really? Yes, he was the hottest heel in the company. The hottest heel? Yes. When he won the title, he was the hottest heel. Something in that Delaware water, I swear. <laughs> Who wins? Miz. Miz? Uh, this is one I'm torn on, and it doesn't even matter. Like, that, that's, that's what I'm saying to Miz. Because who, who who would care if Apollo Crews won? He's awesome, don't get me wrong, but who would actually care if Apollo Crews won? I mean, won? that could be their way. That's the, the thing. majority that of your family's going to care. <laughs> that could be their way of trying to make people care if they make an Intercontinental Champion. But I'm yeah, going to go with Yeah, and after that, you get Ahmed Johnson and Ezekiel Jackson <laughs> if you win the title. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Because all, all Ezekiel Jackson did was smile. So we got what? All they ever did was win the IC title, and I guess it makes sense for him to do it. We have two for the Miz, one for Apollo Cruz. When he shows up at a family party with the title, just invite me. That's all I care about. <laughs> Are you gonna smile in the picture? <laughs> you know I'll smile. <laughs> so we mentioned earlier, Raw is using basically two and a half women on their show, for the most part. SmackDown's using every woman on their roster and. Each segment they seem to do. Eva Marie is set to make her spectacular debut for the third time now. Excellent. Against a returning Naomi with a new look, new entrance. How would you feel about that? I liked it. Uh, not her twerking, but the whole entrance. I liked it. It was different. I thought it looked cool. 
I thought it was the crowd at least seemed into it a little bit. And she's clearly not a heel anymore, which mm-hmm. is good because that's not the, the best role for her. So I liked it. I thought it was different. I thought it was cool. I thought she's the person who can pull it off. Um, so I thought I was fine with it. How about you? You didn't like it? Not really. No? I didn't care for it. See, I did. Just like I said, it looked so much different than anything else they're doing. Mm-hmm. How about you? Naomi, my the, my the whole thing is I just, I just like that she's she's a face again. She was, she was a great heel. It just, I feel like they... they could use her as a face, so I, I have nothing against her gear, her getup. So Eva, last or yeah, last night stuck in traffic. So good, make it so good. I so, love how how the, how announcer just baited in. Yeah, Eva Marie is to be witching, <laughs> to be the beguiling. <laughs> yeah, oh, she's stuck in traffic. She won't be there. Not showing up, and. JBL, of course, so it's good. the driver's fault. The driver should be fired. <laughs> there's all kind of trap. There's all kind of trap for Texas Michael. I hope she's okay. <laughs> so later on in the evening, Carmella and Becky have a tag match against Natty and Alexa Bliss, and lo and behold, <laughs> I knew, Eva I Marie interrupts so yet another women's match <laughs> with her so entrance. Good. Naomi came out and chased her around the ring. JBL worried she could she could tear a hamstring, a, a soulless muscle. <laughs> <laughs> But he said she, he was glad she was okay. Ultimately, that caused a distraction. Becky hits the disarmor, and the babyface women get the W. Now, Uncle Teddy... Listen to the show. <laughs> ...booked a six-woman a six tag between Naomi, Becky, and Carmella against Eva, Natty, and Alexa Bliss. I'll go to you first. Alo. Does Eva Marie step foot in the ring during this match? To win the match, yeah. <laughs> but will she do anything to win it? No. Or will it... No. How about you? Does Eva Marie actually contribute to the match? Or does she mean, find a way to not actually do anything? <laughs> and then if get she the gets the pinfall, she's contributing. But she she won't do anything besides that. No. That's what I hope they do. I mean, I hope her top comes undone again. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be the first time. And I feel like... I said this the first week we talked about it. I hope that this is going to be a story going forward. I worried that it wouldn't be, that they'd drop it after the first week. Three weeks in a row, though, feels like they're finally ready to play this out. I think that's the only way for this thing to go. Is she stands she stands there, doesn't do anything, jumps in to get the pinfall. Isn't that basically what she did at Mania? Seems to I don't even remember. I don't remember. So... You know, Mania, they put that huge 10-woman tag match. The thing that I like about this, at least, at least it's relevant to an extent. You know, all these girls are, you know, you're seeing them all. They're all having interaction. And if, did you guys watch Talking Smack this week? I did not, Aside from Eva, I mean, pretty much they all were there, and they all were talking about how Daniel asked, what would they like to change about SmackDown, and all of them just said they want a women's title, they want a women's title, they want a women's title. So they're feuding, they're arguing. You see the camaraderie between the heels and the baby faces, and I think this isn't a poorly booked six-woman tag match. So yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah, for once. Yeah, unlike Raw. <laughs> so Eric, who wins? The heels or the baby faces? Baby faces, because uh, like my. Colleague Alo already predicted Eva gets the pin. So you're Those saying. Those are the heels. Did I say the heels one? You, you said, said the baby faces. Um, so you meant the heels. Yeah, I, I meant that. I all right. That. So we're all going with the heels. 
Eva gets the pin. I think it's the only way to go. All right, everything. All right, everything. Uh, exactly. Anything anybody wants to add about SummerSlam, Raw, or SmackDown before we move on to TakeOver Brooklyn? Not, nothing important. No other prediction, match predictions? That was all 11. Nope. Huh. <laughs> all legs going to be hurting. Yeah, In those tight seats. Yeah. Yeah, that we, they are. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to be fun, but it's going to be, it's gonna be a, rough, yeah. a rough go. Yeah. Especially for the second half of that show. Yeah. yeah. So, TakeOver Brooklyn. Headlined by Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura. I couldn't be much more excited for this. Great, great match. Looking very much forward to it. I told you I loved Nakamura coming out and doing like the telescope mm-hmm. at him a couple weeks ago. Last night after Joe tapped out Mojo Rally, Shinsuke comes out and is just toying with Joe. <laughs> While so all of security is holding Samoa Joe back. I thought he was playing it brilliantly. He had a, a face, a re, face almost as red as mine. That <laughs> Shinsuke comes up and takes his nose, and then comes up and what did he do? Slapped him. Um, I think so. He slapped him or he poked him in the face, whatever it was. Oh, he was just holding his nose for a little while. Yeah, he took yeah. his nose. He was holding his nose. The crowd, I think, even chanted for a little while. Got his, got his nose or got your nose. <laughs> this match is going to be awesome. Most guys don't win the title on their first go-round. I don't see how you don't give it to Nakamura, though. Yeah. With Finn leaving, I don't see how Nakamura doesn't walk out of there with the championship. And I hope this goes on for a little while. I would feel... I, I, I could see this be one of the few times where it makes sense for an indecisive because at the same time, who else did Joe defend the title against? Like, he retained against Finn and then... Like what? He had a match against Rhino. But a match against for the title. Mojo. This is for the title. No, but those are the only matches yeah. he had that I can remember. Yeah. yeah. But Finn never defended. Was never there either. He was champion. They just showed his face. Um. How do you feel about the build to this match? I think the the build's been pretty good. It's just one of those things where I just I almost feel bad for Joe if he drops the title. Because he didn't really get to do anything with it. No. Yeah. Drop the title. Come to SmackDown. <laughs> do you think that's going to happen? He's going to come up to one of the. Yeah. But obviously, then we got to see this again. There's obviously got to be a rematch. There'll be a rematch. Has he been talking about that at all, or has there been any well, discussion well, of it? Well, I know he said he wants to face Brock at WrestleMania, but that's just talk. That's just him saying. He that's wants just to him talking. But yeah, he. Kevin he, Owens said he wanted a match with the Undertaker yeah. at WrestleMania. So. I, that would be so awesome. It would be. I don't think it's going to happen now, but I thought ba- uh, Balor said he's facing the Undertaker. Look, look. If Balor fought the Undertaker, you know how long those entrances would be. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, what are you talking about? Yeah, I think Joe. They, Joe would be perfect on SmackDown because they they need heels. He's an excellent heel. He can come step right in. But I think Nakamura wins. I think he has to. I I love how angry Samoa Joe is. So Samoa Joe, like Finn was talking about it, that he just wants revenge more so than he wants the championship. And he ultimately that anger, that hatred he had for Finn Balor, ultimately won out. And he beat, beat him for the title, and then he retained it against them. I love that Nakamura is playing head games with him because Nakamura is that rare guy that has a personality to be playful, and he's also, like, a bad dude. The guy had a, has a mixed martial arts background. He's known as a very king of strong style. 
I think this is going to be a physical, violent match, and I also think Nakamura is going to win. How about you? I think. I I think Joe's going to retain by some by some stipulation because I think it's going to carry on. I think in two months be almost too soon to have Joe on. I do think it makes sense for him to go to SmackDown. But I mean, if he's going to come in, you got to realize once he makes it to the main roster, he's going straight for a title. He's one of the few guys that it makes sense for him to go straight for it. But he doesn't have to go straight for a title. Just put him against Cena first. He he could lose to Cena. Jeez, I'd hate that. <laughs> so you oh, think you Joe? Got, you got Cena and Orton there for Joe's a reason. So we got one for Joe, two for Nakamura. Is this the match of the night at Takeover Brooklyn? Because <sighs> we know the main event was not the match of the night last year. Yeah. Uh, due to the styles, I'll say yeah. How about you? Match of the night at Takeover Brooklyn? If not the match tonight, the most physical match. Yeah, it should be. Um, it seems like a pretty solid card. I mean, this. Oh, it's gonna be an, it's gonna be an awesome show. I don't know if it'll. I don't know if it'll top last year's takeover. Well, Brooklyn. remember we went to takeover Brooklyn. We kind of we're not in low expectations, but you just saw the names on the card didn't jump out at you. But to so know the what, top two matches obviously were the draw. Yeah, but NX, but NX, no matter what, they always deliver no matter what the card is. Even like I said. Devall Bill and Blake and Murphy match. We were it was Blake and Murphy. We were that was an awesome. That was match. an awesome match. Blue pants. Yeah. came out. Yeah, they they know how to get a crowd started. Even Tyler Breeze and Thunder you should Thunder Lager. That was awesome. Yeah, Oscar and Bailey. Bailey trying to get revenge for Oscar taking her title, knocking her unconscious. We had a contract signing, which I always like when the women get one of those. Bailey wearing the uh, the sleeveless flannel, which you don't see too often. Shah, I almost forgot her name. Asuka comes out in a dress. I like the edge that Bailey showed. Yeah, I did too. For the first time. First time you've seen it. She she basically said, I wanted this match in Brooklyn because I was the underdog all that time. I was overshadowed by all these other girls until TakeOver Brooklyn when the underdog became the champ. Asuka says, you don't have what it takes to beat me. I will, what did she say? I will end your dreams where they came true, mm-hmm. which I thought was an awesome line. Bailey says, I'm going to be the first one to beat you and the first woman to become a two time women's champion. And Bailey ultimately says, You know, take your hand and sign that contract. The last time you had a contract signing, you ended up on the mat. And I don't think you want history to repeat itself. Asuka signs the contract. Goes to shake her hand. Bailey slaps her hand away, walks out, looks back, and I guess Asuka's giving her a look. She goes back in, and they do like a legit Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz style stare down, forehead to forehead. I think this is going to be a super physical match, too. Yeah. Which you don't see a lot of women's matches that kind of have that style, but I like that Bailey has this edge. Asuka obviously always has an edge, but it's another uh, no heel in this match. Glossa's playing the heel. She's playing it, but I don't think she is one. I mean, the crowd's going to be on Bailey's side no matter who she's against. But I don't know. I, I think there's a chance that this could steal the show. Or this could make it where it's really hard for the two men to follow it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to happen. And obviously, the crowd doesn't have the same connection with Asuka and Bailey as they did with Sasha and Bailey. It's a totally different thing. But I think this match is going to be incredible. It's one of those weird things where. 
I guess like there there could be these matches in the past where if the heel was such a bad person or you really and not not saying Asuka even though she's playing heel she's not really a bad person or something but think of a match like there were some matches when Triple H first brought the big gold as the world title and he was defending there are some matches where if you look back in my opinion you wanted him to lose so bad if he lost that match or I mean if he won that match it overshadowed how good the match could be because you were so mad he won. Excellent heel. I, I, yeah, he was such, such, a, such a good heel, and Flair, Flair was helping him be such a good heel at that point. My thing Again, is... Again, we don't have video, and not to cut you off, but <laughs> Mr. Wednesday Night Live Halo is just beaming over here listening to What you just mentioned about. plays a huge factor in Unforgiven 2002. So, so my, my, whole, my whole thing is, um, with, with this whole story, it's one of those... Just kind of siding with the baby face. I feel like this match, no matter what's going to be good, it's just one of those few times where if Bailey wins, the match is going to be just a little better. Yeah, I I think so too. Because the, the crowd obviously wants her to win. They want to see it happen. She didn't get called up. And so she doesn't want to be called up. It sounds like you, what you hear her say. So I, I'm going to go with the prediction. I think Bailey wins. Halo? They fixed the problem I had with this match in Dallas because remember I told you it felt kind of odd, like that match felt a little off to me because the story wasn't really there, and then people Bailey is so endearing, and everybody loves her so much. There wasn't a real clear heel, so when Oscar won, people were like, "Oh, Oscar Bailey lost." Oscar mm-hmm. won, so they, so they didn't know, they didn't know how to feel. But Oscar playing the heel role, I need that because when she just put that chair and pointed down and smiles at right here, that was great. So she's playing. She's clearly playing the heel heel role in the situation. So they fixed that problem from Dallas. I think I was. I agree with to fit that <laughs> coming in 2017. Got <laughs> <laughs> got to build that up slowly. But I think Bailey wins this match because they keep and also they keep talking about how Oscar's been undefeated. It's been almost been almost a year since she's been since she's been in NXT. So I think this is where Bailey gets the title back. I think if there was any woman that deserved a second title run. It was bad. As, as epic as Sasha's title run was, seven-month title run, had great matches every time she went out. Bailey had the unfortunate situation where the three biggest stars were all gone when she was a champion. Mm-hmm. And she had to have matches against new people that weren't really as established. She's grown by leaps and bounds in the time she's had the title. She's you could be. You could argue that she's almost the, been the face of NXT as much as people yeah. think Finn Balor was, and they say Finn was. I think Bailey's been. Yeah, Bailey's been as big yeah. of a part of their popularity my, as Finn. My whole thing, why I see Bailey winning, not only does she deserve it all, and you know, you putting out the the fact of Asuka's undefeated streak, not knocking any of these potential girls that you know they're in NXT for the reason to build a character and to get better in ring skills, but if Bailey isn't the person to give Asuka her first loss. Who the hell is? <laughs> Very true. Yeah, who who else would it be? Another point, they've also this might this might this might sound a little casual, but they gave the revival a second title run. So what that they're the only two time team. I was thinking about that twice. earlier. So like, why not uh, Bailey? Isn't it weird that they would be the team that they give that to the yeah. first two-time champion? The revival? yeah, well, every time a, the, the well, tag they're, team, they're in, whether you like them or not, their in-ring work is phenomenal. Well, every time a team would t- drop the titles, they usually get called up. Mm-hmm. But so maybe I think that that might be another reason 
Bailey probably walks with the title. I, I, I'm going to go with the same Bailey. So we're all in agreement. Bailey wins. I like that we all agree. I thought I was going to be the only one to say that. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's just everybody just wants Bailey to win, but I, I just think it makes sense for her to get it. Well, Asuka's not going to be undefeated forever. Yeah. Well, Eric, I think while you're gone, you just bast in the <laughs> gift of Ayla. <laughs> Listen in, man. <laughs> it's like a curse. <laughs> Bobby Roode and Cien Almas. So Cien going to lose already. Mm-hmm. I... I don't know. I I feel like he probably had a lot of potential, and they they kind of took it away from him. My thing is, where was he? He's he saw been him, gone. He saw him, yeah, he's been gone for almost a month. I don't think they should have taken his mask off. I don't. Know, I never saw him with the mask, but I mean, he's, yeah, he's not bringing anything to the table without it. Yeah, with his little cat hat. Yeah, and, and, and the suspend the weird. He's wearing. Well, White pants and weird suspenders <laughs> over his tights. According to Triple H, he thinks he's too good looking. To have yeah, he that. did say that. Okay, well, but don't give him suspenders and a cat hat. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not a fan of what they've done with him. The guy. I mean, the guy's a great athlete. Yeah, he is. He's a great worker. They. Just, I, I thought he was a cruiserweight, but he's actually 240. Is he that big? Yeah. Wow, I didn't think he was that big. Um, but Bobby Roode, seen with Regal to open the show last week. He comes out after Amis beats uh, Angelo Dawkins, who all of a sudden is doing a LeBron James impersonation. Ah, so bad. It is so bad. It is. Uh, Rude comes out and congratulates Almas, not for his win, which was okay. But congratulations <laughs> so on having a match with me at Takeover Brooklyn. I know you might not understand English, but they're coming to see me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're going to see Bobby Rude, and that night is going to be glorious. Glorious. I thought that was a great promo. It was. Just as good as the, the first one he did yeah. two weeks ago. So Bobby weeks Rude's ago, awesome. Whatever it was. Like I said, the only experience, I don't know how much you've seen of Bobby Rude. I, I know literally nothing. I mean, here and there in the last couple of months, I asked Alo some things about him. But I'll tell you what, I think he's one of, you know, AJ went, like, I'm talking about guys from TNA that came to WWE. I mean, Joe, they, they did some stuff right with him, but I think the whole mysterious, like, he's in the crowd, and they did it a couple times. I think the first time he was in the crowd and they, they put his name on him, there were some other free yeah, agents. Dallas. That it was in Dallas. Was a, a but, Bushi was there, too. Yeah, and they, they noted some people there. But, you know, from, like, the backstage segments where you mm-hmm. see him walking around, it it grabbed your intention. Yeah, Regal right walked away from interview to go meet up with him. Yeah, I mean, I just thought that they've done him right, and, I mean, it is had my interest because... Again, I know nothing about him, but he he obviously has that kind of like of a it factor where it just he seems. Hey, like that's his nickname in TNA. The it factor, <laughs> really? yeah. No, no research, no research. <laughs> you know so all I knew about him was when Aries was going to debut, or maybe yeah, he was about to debut, and uh, Joey gave, told me to watch, or he sent me a clip or a video of Rude against Aries from TNA. I don't know what. Bound for Glory. One on pay-per-views. Um, so I watched one match. I didn't get a whole lot of character or whatever. I saw a little bit. I thought it was a great match, and I liked both guys. But Bobby Roode, I was, like, super excited at the idea of him coming to NXT. And he's blown away any of my expectations already. His in-ring work is going to be good. I think it's going to be a fun match. Mm-hmm. Uh do we even have to? Everybody, I'm assuming, is in agreement. Bobby Roode is obviously going to win. We have a glorious pick, yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> we have the Revival defending right. their tag team championships against Johnny Gargano 
and Tommaso Ciampa after their epic one-on-one -on -one match in the Cruiserweight Classic. Regal was hoping that their battle wouldn't get in, interfere with their ability as a tag team. They played that off too much, so I'm terrified. Really? So you think it's going to... Uh, they played it off. They even Graves talked about it throughout their whole match. And he's like, oh, I guess so I didn't think uh, they'd have teamwork and yeah. all surprise. I've been proven incorrect. He wouldn't even say if he was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, revival. <laughs> you think the revival? The revival. Eck. Honestly, I'm, I'm hoping we get new champions. And earlier when we, you said, I'll be honest, some of NXT, I've been catching it here and there, a little bit of fast forwarding, just been uh, so busy with some things. But I'm looking forward to this match because that Cruiserweight Classic one-on-one -on -one match was so epic. It had the thing at the end where they didn't want to shake hands, and uh, Tommaso came came back and sat next to him. And I'm Raised hoping for I'm hoping for new champions because again, this is one of those. It's one of those few times you you haven't really had a babyface NXT tag champions. I, I'm I, except for you two <laughs> that people could buy into. And for some reason, I've already bought more into these two than I did for you two. So at, at, this, at the end of the day, I, I'm hoping for new tag champions. And I think just judging by how good of heels they are and how good the in ring work is from these two, I think this could steal the show. Well, I'm sad to hear that you weren't ready, willing, and able for us. <laughs> that is sad. <laughs> Um, that yeah, is not so sick. It is so sick. But I think... Told you, the curse of Alo. I think Gargano and Champa created, like, a pretty big buzz within the wrestling fan community. And I think NXT will probably try to capitalize on it and put those belts on them, at least for a little while. So you think they win? I think I think they, they beat the Revival. Um, if John not, Wrestling would be winning the whole Cruiserweight <laughs> Classic, I would see that being the only reason because obviously whoever wins it is going to Raw. But I don't think, um, yeah, I don't think I don't think they lose. I think they win this. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent confident in that pick, but that that's what I'm going with. I, that's what I'd like to see happen, and I, I'm leaning that way. Uh, Austin Aries gets booked in a match with an opponent that Regal said he's been avoiding. He says I've only been ignoring him because he's not in my league, and I'll prove that. Talking about you. I don't know. He better not have been talking about me. I'm still, I'm still looking for an apology. Austin Aries, you may be the greatest man who ever lived, but you are not the perfect 20. I expect you to come out and cut a promo. Apology. You may want to call me out of the crowd. Yeah. Ask me to come down to the ring. Section 227, row 9, <laughs> seat, seat 9. Huh? Y'all are doing both? Take over and. Oh, that's right. We won't be there for that. Yeah. We'll be at uh, SummerSlam. He'll still be there. On, live on the WWE Network, you should you should apologize to the Perfect Twenty for stealing my nickname four months ago. Now I think it's been, <laughs> but got to follow up against No Way Jose. So we have an established guy who's been around forever, been very successful in other organizations against the new NXT, you know, talent. I'm not sure which way I lean on this. Because Aries did bring out like the uh, the nasty, violent, physical side of No Way Jose, which we had never seen before. But Austin Aries is still Austin Aries, and I don't know if he takes a loss on a big show like that. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a whole lot really to talk about other than just no. a prediction. What do you think? I'm going Aries. Aries. I think Aries wins. I, I really don't really have a say on it, but I'm just going with you guys on that one. I'll, I'll take No Way Jose just to be different. I'll be honest, I haven't really paid attention. To that. <laughs> the debut of Ember Moon 
and Indy Darling. We've gotten vignettes each of the last three or four weeks. Uh, I'm assuming they'll have a, a vignette this week. She's very much in the Apollo Crews spot of getting her debut at TakeOver Brooklyn. I've been smiling. No, she, she had, well, she got her mouth covered up. So we, yeah. She might be smiling under that bandana. We don't, we don't know. Um, she hasn't gotten to, to talk at all, but I think that crowd's going to go nuts for I don't know how many people are going to know who she is. Mm-hmm. She's obviously a great in-ring worker. Who do you think? She, did they announce who she's going against yet? No, Will they it, announce that tonight? I, I don't know, because last year they didn't even say who Cruz was facing last year. Think, so it's just going to be a squash match? You think like one of these? So who's a good hand? Liv Morgan? <laughs> yeah, she deserves a, to get squashed. She ain't liked none of my pictures in a while. <laughs> I don't know. Could, could it be Billy Kay? No, she's knock her down she's, a peg. What is that, Velvet? <laughs> no, no, she's um, she's been winning. So I think I think it'd probably be probably Liv Morgan. Hmm. Maybe they bring blue pants back. Nah. <laughs> even though she's a good hand. Sunbur Moon is obviously going to win. That's yeah. not even really a prediction. Yeah. Um. Before we get to the cruiserweight classic, do we have any questions tonight? Yeah, we had a question from the lowdown lord. No relation. All right. <laughs> He was still not related yeah. after all this time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he wanted to know who are who are our top five wrestlers have been in the Cruiserweight Classic so far. I'll go first. This is in no particular order, so I hope okay. he's not asking that. These are just my five favorites so far. Tony Nice, who I knew from way back in April. Jack Gallagher. I'm going TJ Perkins, Rich Swan, who you know I've loved for a while, and Gran Metalik. Okay. They're my five favorite. Who do you got? Uh, Tony Nice, Rich Swan, Gran Metalik, TJ Perkins, and um, what was his name? What? Who did um? Eichner. Oh, he was he lost in the first yeah. round. The German mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. He was huge. Yeah. You have five favorite CWC guys. I hope I'm not getting his name wrong and I'm not mixing them up. That's a Grand Metal League. You mm-hmm. said him. You both said him. I was going to say Grand Metal League and then um, Lindsay Dorado. Oh, oh I'm, I, he was good. Let me take that. Let me take. Well, I, I, I love him because Raul's from Bayamo in Puerto Rico. And so <laughs> really? He, he, that's where Lindsay's from. So <laughs> I, I connected with him right away. I thought he was great. Um, I bet with the. You, you said him. The, um, the English guy. The Gallagher. smaller. Yeah, he. I thought he was money. Um, obviously, Ibushi impressed, like as I think we all knew. Um, so I guess that's four right there, and uh, I I I think all of them's been over the top pretty good. Are you gonna say Tony Nese because we saw him live back T- in April? That's that's what I wanted to say. Number one, <laughs> take out. I, I was I was looking forward to him, and I was real happy that uh that he advanced. How Me far too. how far do you see him going? I hope he wins tonight. I forget who he goes against tonight. I forgot. Because they, they, they threw the brackets all over the place. So yeah, it's Brian that. Kendrick, I think. Yeah, it is Brian Kendrick. And I don't know. It's another, like, he could be in the Tajiri spot where he's been around forever. Yeah. I think Nice will win that match. I think he wins at least one more. Yeah. He's going against Brian Kendrick? Yeah. yeah. Y'all want the spoiler? Uh, yeah, because when people hear this, it's already going to have happened. So Brian Kendrick won. Did he really? That's yeah. disappointing. Yeah, it is. I, I meant well, to... We're going to see him in September. Yeah. We will. I guess Ricochet, yeah. I'm jealous. <laughs> Love him, you're jealous. There's still time. Not, not to get off work. <laughs> but uh, I want I want to take out um, Eichner. I forgot all about Cedric Alexander. Yeah, he was oh, awesome. Yeah. And well, we'll, we'll get honestly, to I mean, there's 
what was it, originally 32 people? Yeah. I really think, and I don't want to say disappointed, I'm not trying to knock no one that's in it, but there was really only like four or five people that I didn't think were great. I really thought, I mean, everyone ha- had a had something different they brought to the table. Yeah, there was just a handful of guys yeah. that I was not impressed with. Yeah, so that's yeah. why I like, like when I try cutting myself off, and I just want to say two or three, and then it made sense. I mean, I, I wrecked, wrecked all five people, but Tony Nese, obviously, I've, going into it, aside from former WWE superstars and... Um, you know the the future NXT tag champions. I didn't know a lot of the guys except Tony Nese, and after we saw him in Philly, I was immediately invested in him. So, yeah, yeah we came around on the show and told Halo he would have loved the guy. Mm-hmm. I'm in love already. <laughs> I miss him versus Ricochet. <laughs> Facetime me during that one. Gotcha. So cruiserweight classic, the first night of round two. Obviously, we're a week behind because we had to move back to Wednesdays. Second night. Probably has just ended as we know now. We know who won. Um, Tajiri representing Japan against Grand Metalik representing Mexico. They got 11 minutes, which most of these matches were more in like the five, six, seven minute range the first night. So I liked that they got a little more time. I thought Tajiri brought a lot out. He did. In Grand Metalik. It was, I thought both of these matches were great. They, well, there was a lot of hard hitting. Mm-hmm. High flying, a lot of technical wrestling. So you got to see a lot of all different styles from mm-hmm. both of these matches. The first match was 11 minutes. The second one was 15 minutes. Uh, Grand Metal League wins with what do they call it? The Metal League driver, the Metal League screwdriver. I don't know what it's called. Well, you don't more just call stuff on the fly. Yeah, <laughs> Me- so the Metal League driver. Yeah. Daniel Bryan commentating on this is incredible because you hear how much this guy just loves wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, it flies through the screen that he is having the time of his It sucks for him that I know it kills him that he can't do it anymore, but the fact that he gets to sit there and call these matches, bring a lot of these guys to the forefront that, like he said, there's some guys he never even heard of before, and mm-hmm. he's more of a student of the game than anybody. Oh, by the way, Lowdown Lord, No Relation also said that can Daniel Bryan call SmackDown and be the general manager? If I was Daniel Bryan, I would immediately replace David Otunga yeah. with myself. Yeah. Even though Otunga wasn't that bad this week. Still get him on my TV, but he wasn't that bad. Uh, he'll, he'll never do he it. He did better. Day. I'll put that. He did better. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe he's growing into yeah. the role. There was no major maybe by the t- Maybe he'll be a good announcer by the time the this the best out of seven series with, yeah. with Sheamus and Cesaro is yeah. over. Yeah. If, if he gets better, maybe I'll invite him to Thanksgiving. <laughs> like so right now, he's not, right now he's not on the Thanksgiving no. guest list. No. I don't blame you. You wouldn't be on my yeah, way Exactly. <laughs> uh, the the tightrope elbow drop, where he walked the tightrope to the middle of the top rope and at the elbow. I've never seen that yeah. before. I thought that was incredible. Um, obviously, he moves on. He beat Tajiri. And Grand Metalik is in on to the, the third round. I guess it's the final eight. Yeah, the quarterfinal. Um, Cedric Alexander, who you mentioned just a moment ago, against Ibushi. Phenomenal, phenomenal match. It was a great match. I thought right up there was Gargano and Chan. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it all, the, the story, you didn't see the story till later in the match. Gargano Ciampa was there from the from the from the beginning. And that that's why I think it was just as good because you knew the stakes going in to that match. Whereas this one, it actually unfolded right in front of your eyes. You saw that he was dedicating this match to his two-year-old daughter. They kept talking about the 20, 25 pounds he had to lose to make it into this tournament. Now that made him even better. He was going up against arguably the, the favorite in the tournament. And those false finishes that he Great. got, 
were incredible. They I mean, were. they were. I don't know if I've ever seen two closer false finishes yeah. than that, where it was like a whisker away from the, th- the yeah. three count. Um, crowd obviously goes nuts for Cedric Alexander after the match. He's crying. I love that they did that. They kind of went off the air and they showed you another minute of him walking out, high five in the crowd. Crowd erupts into a what, what was the what was the actual chant? Please sign, Please him. sign Cedric or something yeah. like that. And as he's just about to walk out the ramp, Triple H walks out, gives a thumbs up to the crowd and a nod, puts his arm around him, shakes his hand, and they walk off. I guess leading us to believe he's going to be signed. Triple H is like, he doesn't fear talent. <laughs> <laughs> so. But that that's cool to me that Triple H is there. He's invested enough in this that he recognized the crowd. Yeah, this, is, this is his thing. This this stuff this stuff other than Raw and SmackDown, this is Ultra Triple H. Yeah, I, I thought that was awesome. It was an awesome moment. It was cool that they got to that that champ broke out, that he came out and acknowledged it. Hopefully the guy does get signed because he does deserve a spot. Um, got to figure anyone going over on that. They're, they're grabbing. And they're going to, you got to figure they're, they're at least taking 25% of the people from the tournament. At least. If they're going to make a whole damn 10. division, they're going to need at least eight of these guys. I would guess, yeah, somewhere between 10, 12 guys are probably yeah, going to end up in NXT or on Raw. Triple H, I think, actually said on a conference call today that um, some of these guys are going to be working Raw and NXT, mm-hmm. going back and forth, I guess. So I guess they're going to find a spot. He said we want to give these guys an opportunity to do what they do best, mm-hmm. which I guess is put on incredible matches. Now, did you guys see on that... Uh, I don't know if you guys discussed this last week, but um, it was it was one thing cool. It was one of the um, the brothers, the brother who Bollywood got the boys. win. Yeah, yeah the he, he, he got the win on the um, the last of the the initial round, and he, he said in win. his promo, he didn't win. Mm-mm, no, they both they, lost. They both lost. Sorry, I apologize. He um, <laughs> it was late night. Um, <laughs> so he. Um, <laughs> he, he said something about how, you know, he's going to be the cruiserweight champion. So they pretty much acknowledge that, you know, this isn't for just a name, it's to be a champion. So obviously at, at the end, and I know we're all predicting it, it is cool to know that there's going to be probably like a belt display at the end. Oh, yeah, so that's like, awesome. Abushi, um, I'm still feeling like probably going to win. Um, I don't know how far... Grom at Elite gets, I'm guessing he's probably going to win at least one more. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my favorite night so far of the Cruiserweight Classic. I thought those were two awesome matches. And as opposed to getting as fun as the first four weeks of it were, you're just getting so many new guys you've never heard of, thrown, at least for me. Yeah. Thrown at you never heard of. Match starts, all kinds of stuff happening. It's a lot to kind of digest. This was four guys, two matches, Combined for 26 minutes, and you kind of got to see what each guy has in his arsenal. All four guys thoroughly impressed me on this episode. I'm really looking forward to watching tonight's episode. I think there's three matches on this one. Mm -hmm. It was Nice and Kendrick. Ho-Ho Loon and Noam Dar, I think. I forgot the other one. I think I wrote it down. Let me look real quick. I don't want dead air for too long, so I guess I'll just keep talking while I'm flipping through my pages to look for it. And it is oh Tazawa and Gallagher. Yeah, okay. Um, those should be three great matches again. Mm-hmm. I'm thoroughly enjoying the Cruiserweight Classic. I think another tip of the I know I say this every time, but tip of the cap to 
WWE for giving this to us. Worth that alone makes it worth the ninety nine yeah, a month for the WWE network. The one thing that I've always liked about it, I mean, it was always cool that you could only watch NXT TV or the network, and it kind of made like you know, it's a shorter show. It makes something cool about you know Wednesday night, but now some of the point like, geez, this is almost better than NXT. <laughs> yeah, well, at least for the time being, you know. No, it's awesome. The hey. best thing about Wednesday nights is Ayla goes live. <laughs> live every Wednesday. Live every Wednesday night. <laughs> the curse that everyone has a hard time swallowing. So we mentioned Triple H a minute ago. Um, I mentioned his conference call. There were rumors this week of the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, becoming a coach at the Performance Center. Possibly full-time, possibly moving his family to Orlando to be a full-time instructor in replacing Terry Taylor. Um, Triple H said today, Shawn hasn't decided if he's going to be full-time or part-time. He said, I'd be giddy if Shawn agreed to do it. Do you think, trying to think of the right way to phrase this, because a lot of times the somebody who's the most talented at something is not always the best at coaching it. Mm. Like Magic Johnson was not a good basketball coach. You forget he's a basketball coach. Michael Jordan could not be a basketball coach because you can't teach – Michael Jordan can't coach somebody to be like himself. Well, I would say immediately, and I know there's more than just the one person we're going to name, Michael is obviously going to be good for the job. He, he coached Andrew Bryan. And Brian Kendrick. Yeah, I, I he had, yeah, he had a school, so, so this is nothing new to him. So yeah. He had his own yeah, school. So. I hope it happens. Anything they could do to make that guy part of WWE, they should do. I know he has said many times before on pod, various podcasts when they ask him if he misses it, he says no because what they do now isn't what I did. But Triple H said something that, something about NXT, like, Got his attention. Yeah, because it's this is basic. It's, yeah. it's the basics. It's not WWE. It's basics. And AC does everything the basic way. So I have a question for you, and Eric, you can answer as well. But we talked about this a couple weeks ago when I mentioned that the lack of creating good characters on NXT recently, and we discussed it being a lot of it being falling on the Dusty Rhodes hasn't been there. How much does HBK make up for some of that? He will make up for it because HBK, he's one, probably the greatest, one of the, if not the greatest, one of the top three greatest of all time. And he's an excellent, he's excellent on the mic. And then I don't know who they have coaching promos right now. Ryan Smiley. Is that nobody's ever heard of. Okay. <laughs> Is that Norman Smiley? No, diff- totally different. Okay. Uh, he's a coach. Okay, but that, he's that's, that's what I thought. Okay, so HBK, he may be able to find that one thing or find things in you for you to speak about in to help develop your character like Dusty did because HBK is also one of the best to ever do it. You know who else they should bring in? Scott Hall. Yeah. Yeah, and I th- I mean, I think Scott Hall has made it clear that's what he wants to do. I mean, it would be great to see those two guys as friends and as <laughs> friends with, with Triple H to both be down there. But, you know, I'm, I'm not taking nothing away from Dusty, but who else in the world can ooze charisma on these rookies more than Sean Kemp? Because I mean, you can, you can, we we could go on and on and say, you know, I, I know right there, Alo just said, you know, he's if not the greatest, top three. I'll say easily top two greatest, J- just of all time, and they're completely different, Austin and Sean. However, as much of an Austin fan as I am, I don't think, and I can't say nothing wrong about the guy, but I don't think Austin can go and grab thirty-two, fifty, twelve, however many rookies. 
and ooze a character into that. I don't think he can do that. He does what he does, and he's great at that. I think he's great at talking people and doing his podcast and pulling things out of them. But Sean, I think he's one of the few people like Dusty that can develop a character. And also, something we talked about last week, was it Elite Collector 215? Uh-huh. On Instagram, yeah, his name is had the whole thing. What's his name? His, well, I, I I gave him a gimmick, by the way. Uh, what's his, his name? Gimmick? His name is the Lethal J Vargas. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so the Lethal J Vargas reached out to us last week with a comment about basically everybody talks about how the NWO kind of changed the face of wrestling, and he traces it back to Shawn Michaels saw Kevin Nash on WCW. He was a small champion that none of the big guys mm-hmm. wanted to fall mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. He said to Vince, this guy could be my bodyguard, and it could be exactly what I need. We can make him a big star. And they did make him a big star. Basically, all these things that happened that turned wrestling into the Attitude Era stemmed from HBK, which a lot of people kind of overlook. So but just that. Sean, Sean and Kevin Ash were sitting together in a locker room and said, you know that yeah. that blonde guy over yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. We, we ba- yeah. grab him. Ron, he's gonna snap because this is a guy. No, yeah. no. I'm saying Ron basically summed it up for you because it was it went from from Nash to Hall to Triple H, and then what else? What else was it about? Oh, when Nash and Hall go to go to WCW, Hogan might not have been Hollywood Hogan and had the hottest heel run. Yeah, like there are so many things yeah. that just would not have happened, and who knows where the wrestling business would yeah. be today without it. So that being said. The fact that HBK could make those dominoes fall into what was arguably the greatest era in wrestling, I'd love to see him have a part in the product today, especially in developmental, because maybe he's going to help bring NXT up to even another level. Um, Didn't mean to get off on that big of a tangent about that, but I thought it was interesting. I thought it was a decent tangent. Um, There's always time for Michaels. Yeah. Do we have any other other questions? Yeah, we have one more question. The lowdown lord, no relation, making his stamp again. (laughs) He Once know, again, fingerprints all yeah, over the show. Yes. He wanted to know our top five theme songs today on the current current Jeez. current superstars. I got so excited for that one, and then you know, say today. Once again, in no particular order, I will say Enzo and Cass. I always get happy every time it comes on. Sky's the limit. Sasha Banks theme music. You know all the words. I do. I think you had, you had me on Snapchat. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Sami Zayn. Really? Love that. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Um, was that you guys your fourth? Are gonna, that was my th- third. Okay. My fourth. You guys are probably going to make fun of me for this, but every time I hear it, it transports me to the place I first heard it. One of my favorite nights as a wrestling fan. Take over Brooklyn. Apollo Cruz. Really? I love his theme music. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Nakamura, I think, is oh, awesome. Okay. Well played. Well. Good choice, Eric? Yeah, all right. So, I, actually, I'm, a, I'm probably I'm going to be winging it. I'm going to start these two, and some people may dislike them, but I just feel like the last couple times, like, like in a big field that these played at the end of the show, they were awesome. I'm going to go number one. I'm going to go Dean Ambrose's theme music. I, I said to you guys at Battleground how good that song is when we were leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Rollins' music. I think Rollins has got a good tune. Um, Enzo and Cass, I guess, uh, honorable mention, I'll put it in there. It is good. It does get you hype. You, you already know they're going to come out and you know something good's going to happen. Um, as a fan of Owens, i got to say his. It is another one of those songs that uh, pumped me up. You know what? I'm going to be cliche just because it still plays. Number five, I'm going to put Brock Lesnar. <laughs> really? Yeah. Huh. Well, this is no particular order. 
Shinsuke Nakamura. Cause I, 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 hum- yeah, I, I meant to throw it in there after hearing it, but I, I'm gonna leave. I hum that song all the time at work. Um, sky's the limit. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you do your your um your delivery at work? Doing <laughs> the entrance yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I do. Right, I can uh, just imagine that. Nakamura, Sasha Banks, sky's the limit. Page. I love Paige's theme. Paige so. does have good theme yeah. music. I haven't heard it in a while. Yeah, but. yeah. Won't, won't hear it for another 30 yeah. days. <laughs> oh, so I have. How, what a coincidence. They separate them and then they both get yeah. a uh, yep. little vacation. Yeah, a little right. Romeo and Juliet situation. Relationship goals. Yeah. <laughs> and I said Paige, Sasha Banks, Bailey. Bailey, yeah, yeah. it's up there. And Tyler Breeze. That's a good wow. one, too. That's, that was a great song, Eric. Don't laugh at me. That is a great song. I can't so, believe I'm the only one to say Ambrose. Yeah, full, I don't care for his music. Full disclosure, I am not a morning person. I'm not good at waking up in the morning. So same as Angel Long. I have, I have three different <laughs> wrestling theme musics as my, my layers of snooze. <laughs> the first one is Sami Zayn. The second one is Sky's the <laughs> no Limit. No alarm goes off. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And the third one is Nakamura. That's the one that, that, that officially makes me get out of bed. Well, I thought, oh, then you wake up tapping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I thought you would say Sky's Limit so you could wake up next to Sasha. <laughs> no. She, well, she, she's, yeah, the second one. Also. I don't know what's worse. Me picturing you working and doing Nakamura's dance or you waking up like... <laughs> I wake up and do like the lean back off my bed. <laughs> he does. He does the same thing. Walk to the bathroom. <laughs> That's how it happens in the shower. The way he gets it hops into the ropes. Uh, so that was everything for tonight. Nothing yep. else anybody wants to add. That's it. All right. So this week, thank you for listening. Oh, listen? oh, I'm oh, sorry. By the way, we'll be at SummerSlam this Sunday in Brooklyn, the Barclays Center. We kiss babies. We take pictures. <laughs> Picture with the European title with twenty dollars. Without it, it's, without it, it's free. So come say hi. Buy us beers. Yeah. I don't bite. Ron turns red. Come see us. Do we want to bring the money in the bank briefcase? No, we're not gonna catch heat this year. All right. Yeah, I, I just don't feel like carrying it yeah. around in those tight seats. Yeah. You know what to expect this time. <laughs> yeah. So thank you to our listeners on Podbean, iTunes, and Stitcher. Anyone who watches our videos on Facebook and YouTube. Whether you listen to us in the United States, Canada, the United Kingdom, India, Pakistan, wherever, thank you for listening. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, all my fans in Belgium, hailing from Bree, Belgium, <laughs> for Ek to Fly, Eric Trimbicki, I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week.